You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. We're talking about practice. Hello, you play to win the game. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one. Happy 2000. No time on the clock, and the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. George, open. Chicago with the lead! Worldwide Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mark. Hello! What do you like that, Speedy? That's fine. I'm not a singer. I'm not. I'm definitely not a singer. I got to change that up a little bit. That whole presentation to the introduction of this show has to be a little bit more oomph to the uh, the storyline. But anyways, this is uh, Below the Mic. As you guys know, we are live every single Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, which is Apple, WWSRN, or Android, which all you got to do is go into the search Play Store key and put in Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy Petey, how was your voting yesterday? Did you vote? I did not. Oh, he's a loser, I ladies and gentlemen. I did not, unfortunately. An unbelievable loser. Again, the weekend I was going to go to my, I went to my house, I was going to, and then I got sick Sunday night, so I forgot. Well, you're always getting sick. What's up with you, man? Are you uh, playing Dipsy Doodle, uh, hanging out with yourself after the shows? I don't know what you're doing behind closed doors. Uh, are you having fun, you know, privately with yourself? Are you doing that? That doesn't affect me getting sick. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do in your spare time. But, you know, I'll tell you this. Uh, I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to get into any of that stuff. I don't really get into politics or religion. But uh, I, I definitely have to sit back and relax and enjoy the show. When, when, when you have the opportunity to just sit back and listen to politicians and uh, just them talking analytics when it comes to politics, when it has nothing to do with sports, it, it's it's so amusing. It really is, it, and and not amusing where I'm like, oh my god, I I, I want to watch this. It's amusing where I want to fall the damn sleep. Okay, I I don't want to keep my eyes open when I watch that. But that's why I really just followed it on Twitter. <laughs> well, I just it really annoys the hell out of me. It really does. But uh, nevertheless, uh, that's politics, and this is sports. And for some reason, a lot of these athletes want to get their uh, two cents involved with the politics, even though they should just keep their mouths quiet and just concentrate on what they're good at or what they're bad at. Uh, But anyways, uh, we do this every Below the Mic. By the way, we have a very special guest coming on the show at 715, and we will be talking to a Florida State tight end. And if everybody knows a little bit about me, my favorite college team growing up for football was the Florida State Seminoles. So having somebody like this coming to our show, it's going to be a little bit of fun. Uh, I could tell him a little bit uh, about my background of loving the Seminoles and my background of just complete hate of the Seminoles because of the last couple of years. But that's just me. Anyways, uh, we do this every single show, every Below the Mic show on Wednesdays. And what do we call this, Speedy? Sports and Entertainment News. Hit it, you old bastard. The New York Yankees should try to change trade, I'm sorry, Giancarlo Stanton to these teams. One of the teams that appear in this article are the Padres. Hmm. Now, the Padres have a very good middle of their lineup, Machado and the players that they have and that they've made moves for in the off-seasons over the last couple of years. Uh, um, I, I think this would be an interesting move 
But the question is, is John Carlos Stanton going to accept that trade? He has a no-trade clause with the Yankees. So I don't know if he, if, if it's not the Dodgers, I can't see him uh, accepting a trade to the Padres. I can't see the Padres doing it either because they have a lot of young hitters already. A lot of, a lot of money into Manny Machado, too. Right, and I, I can't really see them doing that kind of thing. They already traded a lot of prospects to get Mike Clevenger to help out their pitching, and I think if they are going to make a trade, it would be for pitching more than hitting. Absolutely. Oh, Devin Booker wants to leave Phoenix just after signing a multiple-year deal two years into his contract of $158 million. He wants out. I told you guys he wanted out. And here is the team that is going to be the forefront runner for Devin Booker. There's two of them, the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. I think Devin Booker would be a perfect addition to the New York Knicks. The, the Knicks need a, a wingman that can shoot. That's something that they've been lacking for years since Allen Houston. Yep. If you really lo- look at that. Um, I think Devin Booker would be a perfect fit for the New York Knicks. Uh, Gordon Haywood wants out of his final contract ahead of the FA, free agency. Uh, I don't know why he wants out. He's making about $25, $28 million. He would not get that in free agency, I guarantee. Right. Gordon Haywood would not get that kind of money. Uh, it's very surprising that he wants out. He did have a good season this year, and he stayed healthy, healthy practically the whole season. So it's very interesting to see if he does opt out of that contract. It would be very dumb to do that. Mm-hmm. NFL rumors and news. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense is about to explode. Well, they better about, they better be about to explode because uh, they didn't look good this past week. Okay. Yeah, they haven't looked the same since Aaron Jones has been hurt the last couple of games. Yep, and Aaron Jones will be back, I think, this coming week. Game time decision tomorrow. We'll have to see. He's listed as questionable right now against the 49ers, who Green Bay always struggles with. Browns GM Andrew Berry avoids talk about Baker Mayfield's future, but he's pleased with the quarterback. Anytime you hear he's pleased with the quarterback, he's about gone. Okay? <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's a big future with Baker Mayfield. He is having a quality season, but I think that has a lot to do with the coaching and the players that he has around him. I, I don't think it has anything to do with Baker. But I think coaching is better than Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> That's true. Romeo Cornell speaks on the Texans not getting a deluxe nut package before trade deadline. What the heck is a deluxe nut package? Basically, maybe they wanted something huge to make up for all the awful trades Bill O'Brien. Maybe he wants your nuts. <laughs> maybe he wants your nuts. I doubt they would know about that. <laughs> Antonio Brown, I'm here to get back on track. That's what he says. But is he really trying to get back on track or trying to uh, step right in and try to uh, buy a Super Bowl? Because that's the way I look at it. Antonio Brown never won a Super Bowl. Nope. And uh, he never won one of those great Pittsburgh teams with the Ben Roethlisberger's and the players that they had around him, the running games with Le'Veon Bell. That was a pretty damn good team and pretty stocky team. Uh, is he capable of winning a championship with Tampa? Well, maybe if he keeps his mouth shut. I doubt he will. Uh, NBA rumors and news. Keeping James Harden happy. Well, keeping up with the Kardashians will keep him happy. I mean, uh, he was with one of them. Uh, it didn't work out. So maybe if you add uh, Kendall or Kylie that has a little bit more money than Chloe, that would work. Uh, Devin Booker wants out. We said that. The most realistic blockbuster trade Philadelphia could create a big four with James Harden. Mm. I don't know where they're going with this, but I don't see them... How, first of all, how are they going to be able to keep their guys right now, the Joel Embiid's of the world, and the players that they have, and get a player like James Harden for nothing? 
Yeah, financially they are cash strapped too with all the bench players they overpaid for. You have you have a new coach, obviously, but again, you're you're dealing with a case where it's going to be very hard. And I agree, you're, if you're going to trade for Harden, you have to add Simmons or Embiid in the deal. Warriors trade exception primer, top targets, and how they can help land Giannis into Kubo, which into the Kubo, which is obviously the Greek freak. I don't know if they're going to get the Greek freak, and I don't know if Milwaukee's willing to do something like that, but they have the biggest package. They have the package that could definitely send uh, Giannis over there, or Giannis, to the uh, Golden State Warriors. Um, MLB rumors and news. Top Red Sox executives met with Alex Cora in Puerto Rico. What are they, trying to bring Alex Cora back? Does that make sense? (laughs) Trevor Bauer rejects the qualifying offer. Is anybody surprised about this? I mean, he wants a big contract. I don't think he wants to stay in Cincinnati. I think he wants to go to a big city, a.k.a. the Boston Red Sox. Beware of that. I believe that's where he's headed. That's another That's another player I could definitely see for the Padres, too. We were just talking about them earlier. Blue Jays' Vladimir Guerrero Jr. down 32 pounds since the end of the season. That That is uh, very big news. Uh, mm-hmm. Power hitter, tremendous bat speed. Losing some weight could even speed up his bat. Right. Um, that's a good move. Yeah, and again, he's had he had a rough year this year. He was great in the last month of the season in the Blue Jays' playoff push, but he did have a down year. Maybe they're trying to improve that bat speed, maybe overall speed, and his defense, too, which is already pretty bad to begin with. Maybe that'll help a little there, too. NHL rumors and news pairing with Alex Petrangelo. Five options for the Golden Knights' blue line. The Golden Knights get Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, that's, it's Do they a, really need him? Yeah, that's already a scary defense as it is. I think if they're going to go anywhere else in free agency, it'll probably be more of, of an offensive move more than defense. The Islanders sign Ryan Pulak to a two-year deal to create him for him going to arbitration. Up next, Matthew Barzell. They have to do something with Matt. Right. And uh, final news of the day, the Pittsburgh Penguins promote... Patrick Alvine. Did you hear about this? No. Assistant general manager to be announced today as the executive vice president and general manager, Jim Ruthford. Oh, yeah. Who's already under a lot of hot water from a lot of Penguins fans. They don't like him right now for some of the moves they made this offseason. And, again, they're another team. Very cash-strapped. They tried to keep on to their core after they won the Cup, but now they've had a lot of trouble. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is sports and entertainment news. You know, I I like to go back and forth on some of these stories, and I read these stories during the day, and some of these writers are pretty damn good. They really are. They're pretty good. But some of these stories are outlandish. They're not possible. They're not going to happen. <laughs> I, I'm just very intrigued with the NFL and what's going to happen in the offseason with teams like the Jets, the Browns, uh, even the Buffalo Bills, and, and everybody keeps talking about how good the Buffalo Bills have been this year. They're six and two. The last three weeks, they haven't looked good. Yeah, they're they're one of those teams that kind of peaked early, and now they're they've leveled out. Where they're questioning if they could be that elite elite AFC team, which is going to be very hard with the Steelers, with the Ravens, with the Titans, and obviously the Chiefs. It's it's so interesting. And, and, and you could go back and forth and, and banter about some of these stories. But some of them are great writers. And if you guys have never tried or even looked at this website, I'm going to give them a little promotion over here. Give them a little feedback. Go to sport, I mean, prosportsdaily.com. It's 
Again, it's prosportsdaily.com. You could actually write for them if you want the opportunity to write for them. You can reach out to the organization and, and write a story and send it to them, see if they like it. If they like it, they'll post it. So very, very good website. Speedy, you like that website? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you showed it to me, what, two years ago? And I've, it's definitely a nice variety for sure. It very much is. And I think they give you some good stories. The question is, are the stories – Stories that really peek out. To I mean, you know, so I mean, people just uh, do it for clicks a lot of the time too. They'll write. I do it for clicks. Stuff. You do it for clicks. I do it for. You do it for other things. Anyways, um, I do want to get into more football. And yesterday, somebody very special from the New York Jets organization spoke out. A guy that I've grown very fond of, very well respected in my eyes when it comes to the New York Jets organization. That's Joe Douglas. And some of the things that Joe Douglas said yesterday irk me. It really bothers me as a Jet fan, as a guy that's pretty honest about his team, and his team stinks, and I'm saying his is talking in a third person. I'm talking about me. Uh, The New York Jets stink. They're a terrible run organization right now. Joe Douglas is the only bright spot in my eyes for the New York Jets in their organization. Now, what has Joe Douglas done so far? What really sticks out to Jet fans? Well, his draft was pretty damn good. It looks like uh, LaMichael Piron could be a player. Denzel Mims looks like he's going to be a player. Makai Beckham is go- looks like he's going to be a player. So his draft, and even um, the, the, a man who looks like he's going to be a very good punt, uh, punter in the NFL, and, and obviously getting him in the seventh round was a steal in my eyes. Um, he's going to be a good player too. So his first year and his first full year of his draft was significantly good. Yeah, I don't know how you can blame Joe Douglas for any of this right now because he's done a very good job just putting his mold Hold on, on the team. Hold on. I will want to fill in uh, some thoughts with this. Okay. His free agency and some of the players he's brought in through free agency has been really, really bad. And now McGovern, I think, has a lot of people don't like what the offensive line has done this year. These guys didn't have OTAs. You put five guys together in one year and expect them to figure things out during a season. That doesn't work. McGovern's also been hurt a lot, too. Yeah, well, that's a huge problem. And George Font, who comes from Seattle, he hasn't had a very good year either. And I, I think it doesn't matter what position he plays. He can play left tackle. He can play right tackle. He can play, he can play guard. I don't know what the Jets are going to do with him in the offseason. There's no guarantee that they're going to bring him back. McGovern has one more year left on his contract, so they will be bringing McGovern back. And Makai Beckham is another guy that they're definitely going to bring back. He's their offensive line star. Right. But besides that, there is nobody on this line. Van Rotten, none of these guys I would bring back. I really wouldn't. And also... Uh, some of the things that he said really irked me. The fact that he thinks that Adam Gase is a solution, not a problem. Now, I do believe he just said that. I know a lot of fans are going to say, what is he talking about? Why would he say something like that? He's not going to throw his coach and his owner under the bus. Remember, five weeks ago, uh, you heard Christopher Johnson say that Adam Gase is one of the biggest and best gurus when it comes to offense in the NFL. And that they have no thoughts of moving on from him. And then all of a sudden, you see how bad they are the next couple of weeks, and, and they're by far the worst offensive team we've seen in a very long time in, in professional football and could go down as one of the worst or the worst offense in NFL history. It wouldn't surprise me at this rate with everything that's going on. So now we're looking at the big picture, and then he speaks about Sam Darnold. He says that he believes Sam is also a solution, not a problem to this organization. Sam Darnold has not looked good. He really hasn't. Now, I, do I think Sam is going to be a good quarterback and an elite quarterback? In this league? I don't know if he'll be an elite. 
But I do believe I think he's going to be a very good quarterback in this league. I do, I do believe that Joe Douglas has not put the players and the right players around him that has affected his growth as a player. I also believe uh, when you look at Sam Donald, he throws balls uh, in certain areas where he thinks the players are going to get to, and these guys aren't top-notch players. The Braxton Berrios <laughs> of the world. <laughs> um, the um, Vincent Smith. The Vincent, yeah, all these. <laughs> uh, the, the, these guys that you never even heard of, okay? Besides Denzel Mims, who only saw three targets last week for 42 yards, this is your number one. Th- this guy was a number one round. This is a first-round talent who fell to the second round where you moved you moved up and, and obviously got gained draft picks to right. get him. And uh, he fell to you. And you thought that this guy was a significant piece to the puzzle in the future. Why did he only see three targets? And it didn't look like the Chiefs were game planning specifically for him either. It didn't look like they were double coverage or bracket coverage or anything like that. He was just left one-on-one a lot of the time or in zone. So that is a huge problem when you look at what Joe Douglas had to say yesterday. Now, I do believe that Joe Douglas is not going to give you his thoughts to where this organization is going to move after this season. He's not going to tell you if he's going to fire Adam Gase or he's not. So I don't know why Jeff fans are like going crazy about what he said, that he thinks he's a solution. He also said that Jamal Adams was here to stay for the rest of his career. And then three or four weeks later, he decides to trade him for two first rounds, a third round, and Bradley McDougal. Okay, so uh, everything that he said with that, he also said in the beginning of the season that Le'Veon Bell was a solution to the offense, not um, an apparent problem to the solution. Then all of a sudden, he couldn't trade him in the middle of the season before the trade deadline and just released him so he can go wherever he wants. So that made no sense either. So Joe Douglas has lied about a lot of things that he has done so far. But that's what GMs do. That's what, uh, that's what politics are. It's all about lies and deceitfulness, and and that's professional sports too. Why would the GM of an organization that is one of the worst-run organizations in all of professional sports come out in front of the worst and the biggest uh, bunch of you-know-whats when it comes to the press and when it comes to journalism and writers? Why would he come out and tell you his ideas and his thoughts to where he sees this organization moving forward at the end of the season? Yeah, especially with players now being a lot more stingy with their contracts. You don't want to just have them just like sell them out where you're going to lose value, too. And that's why Joe Douglas had done what he's done, hiding that kind of thing. Because we've seen teams get less value. Look at the Lions with Darius Slay. Look at what Jacksonville with, uh, with some of their players that they traded. They didn't get barely any value except for Ramsey, really. So you're looking at that kind of thing really hurting teams. So... They're hoping the value stays, and obviously they couldn't get the value for Bell, but besides that, they got good value for a lot of other players. Now, C.J. Desimone, uh, if you guys don't know him, the host of Weapons Hot, uh, very, very good analytic guy when it comes to the New York Jets. He's very in-depth with his thoughts of the New York Jets. He came out and said, um, why do you think that Mims wasn't targeted in the second half? Is it Sam or the offensive coordinator? Um, It's a little bit of both. I just don't think Sam has enough trust in Denzel Mims enough to air the ball out uh, seven or eight times in a game when he's only played him played a full game with him probably once. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know if he trusts Denzel Mims to go up for the ball, but why would he trust a guy named Smith who was a third third string guy coming off the coming off a practice team for another another organization? Why is he going to trust Braxton Berrios who was a, just a punt returner? Right. I have no idea. 
why Sam trusts those guys over a guy as talented as Denzel Mims. And again, what, we might as well try. You got to take everything like the preseason at this point and just experiment. Even if it is, even if the Chiefs are doing things in double coverage and stuff like that, or putting your best guy on him, that's what Mims is meant to be a number one receiver. Let him grow like that. I, I, and again, Denzel Mims wasn't the problem on Sunday. It was a, li- a little bit of a lot of things. And uh, I just, Joe Douglas speaking for half an hour doesn't give us enough information on where we see this team moving forward. Now, are there are people saying the Jets are so bad they're going to be bad for the next three or four years. If anybody knows anything about football, with the New York Jets having the money that they have going into the offseason, some of the players that are going to be available when it comes to offense, there's some offensive linemen that are going to be available, there's going to be some offensive talent that's going to be available, wide receivers that are going to be available that weren't available last year in free agency. Uh, the Jets can have a very, very good offseason and could be uh, statistically a team that could be 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven next year by just making a few moves. And you say, what kind of few moves? Well, they need to add some corner help. They need to add some offensive line help. They need to add uh, pass rushing help. That's a huge problem. But they have nine draft picks that are going to be drafted you know, this year in the top four, top five rounds. So you have a significant draft stock where you can rebuild uh, uh, one of the youngest teams in the NFL, one of the more athletic teams in the NFL, and you have the opportunity, if he comes out of the, in the first round as the number one pick, to add arguably a guy that can change your organization for good. You know, and that's Trevor Lawrence, a guy that can change your offense with the blink of an eye. You're adding a guy that some people think could be one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL for the next 20 years. And and you have the opportunity to draft him as your number one pick. Now, Joe Douglas also said, why would he be looking for a quarterback when he has a quarterback? Well, of course he's going to say that. But everybody knows that Sam Donald wasn't his pick. Sam Donald wasn't his guy. Mm -hmm. And when you bring in a new GM... More than likely, the GM is going to bring in his own coach, and he's going to bring in his own quarterback. Right. Look at look at what draft analysts and coaches and other stuff people have said the last three years. They bluff on the quarterback position all the time. The Browns said they were going to take Deshaun Watson, then they traded the pick the Texans. The Cardinals said they were big mistake, by the way. The Cardinals said they were keeping Josh Rosen, and Cliff Kingsbury is going to roll with it. Then they draft Kyler Murray. Last year, the the Dolphins said we we don't really like Tua anymore. They still draft him anyway. So there's case of all that so definitely don't believe any of that with anything because GMs are just trying to be deceiving. CJ let me tell you something if you think if you really think that the Jets aren't going to fire Adam Gase at the end of the season you guys are out of your minds okay I I don't care what any analyst says or somebody says they have a connection with the New York Jets and and listen to what Joe Douglas said yesterday if you actually think that Joe Douglas thinks that Adam Gase is a solution and not a problem, then uh, Joe Douglas should be fired with Adam Gase at the end of the season. He, I, I guarantee you, he does not believe Adam Gase is a solution. Okay? Now, I know him and Adam Gase are good friends. I do. I, I know they're very good friends. He was the reason why he got this job. But he's also the reason why he took a six-year deal and not a four-year deal. Because I believe that Joe Douglas knew that Adam Gase wasn't the guy for the job. He wasn't the guy for the future to this organization and this team. Hmm. But I do believe that Joe Douglas needs to open up his eyes and stop talking to the press. If you have nothing good to say to the press or something that they um, could think positive about the, the press conference that you have, then you shouldn't be talking to the press. Because what you're doing is you're throwing... Meat to the dog. You're throwing meat to the wolves. To the already harsh New York media. And, and they love the fact that you're going to come out and say, well, 
Adam Gase is a solution. And Sam Donald's a solution. When you have arguably one of the best quarterbacks to come out of a draft since Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck was drafted nine years ago. Okay? And then you're, you're talking about all the quarterbacks. You're talking about some of the great quarterbacks, some of the great young quarterbacks. He's better. Some people think he's better and more talented than every one of those mm-hmm. guys. So why would you go and talk to the press? You should have waited to the end of the season until you decided what you were going to do with Adam Gase. And I do believe he's going to fire Adam Gase. If he doesn't fire Adam Gase, I can't sincerely sit here and watch the New York Jets next year because they're <laughs> going to be really, really bad. Even with Lawrence. <laughs> and I don't know if Trevor Lawrence will come in, you know, come out, uh, to, come yeah, into the draft not, right. if Adam Gase still has a position there. And that would really piss off the Jet fans because then you're going with your pal. You're deciding to go with a guy that has not been successful, that has an 0-16 season, which one of the worst offensive seasons in NFL history. And don't give me the crap that you didn't give him a supporting cast. You gave him a, a, an offensive line that we thought was going to be decent. Okay? Decent. And no, he didn't have offensive weapons, but... It doesn't make any sense how you can keep a guy that you think is an offensive guru when last year they were ranked 31 in offense, and this year they're dead last in every statistic in the game. And who said last year when they went on that run at the end of the season that a lot of teams didn't play down to them either? The teams do that all the time. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And anybody that can sit here and say that the New York Jets is going to believe and say that uh, Sam Darnold and Adam Gase is the solution of this team moving forward, you're crazy. Now, Sam Donald still has an opportunity to win this job and, and keep his job. How? Trevor Lawrence decides he doesn't come out of the draft. I, I think they will prefer to keep Sam Donald than go after Justin Fields. Uh, I do believe that. I could see the Jets trading out of the pick mm-hmm. and, and maybe drafting the offensive lineman or the, a wide receiver or maybe get, getting a multiple stock of first-round draft picks right. for the future. Uh, where if Trevor Lawrence doesn't come out. But if Trevor Lawrence comes out and he's sitting there at number one, I'm telling you right now, they're not going to pass up on him. I don't care what Joe Douglas says. I don't care what Adam Gase says. I don't care what any of them says. And I don't want to hear Joe Douglas is going to decide at the end of the season, well, we're going to keep Adam on, and then after he drafts the players that he wants, he's going to fire him. Because <laughs> uh, it made no sense with Mike McCagnan and Christopher Johnson letting Mike McCagnan draft you know, the players that he did a couple of years ago, two years ago, and then fire him after the draft. It made no sense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of the things that, uh, you know, the Jets do makes no sense. Yeah, but- the one thing you always want in a franchise, no matter what, how you're rebuilding or how you, what approach you're taking, is the continuity. You want to have some level of coaching stability, GM stability, uh, offensive line, like you were saying. There's a lot of new players. And that's a lot of these bad organizations. That's what they haven't had. You look at the Browns, even though I don't think Baker's a great quarterback. He's had, what, his third coach already? And a lot of offensive line combinations. Now, granted, they got him offensive skill players, not like the Jets, but you look at that kind of thing. Continuity is key for any team, any sport, really. And, and especially football. Right. Especially football where there's so many different types of complicated schemes. There's all these college-type offenses now. How many players come in and come out to teams and organizations every single year? You see this player, he's there for a year, and then he's gone and he's playing for another team. Mm-hmm. How many times did, how many teams has Ryan Fitzpatrick played for? I think 12. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> there are players that are journeymen, and they're not superstar players. How many superstars do you have on your team? How many teams have more than seven superstars on their team? The answer is none. None. Most good teams have six or five elite players, and the rest are good players. If you're a championship team, there are a lot of good players, and then there are okay players on certain aspects of their offense and their special teams and their defense. Right. But uh, usually there's only five, you know, four or five elite players on each team. The Jets don't have one. <laughs> really, they don't have one. So, 
I you can't say Makai Beckham is an elite player. He's a rookie. You can't say Denzel Mims is an elite player because we've only seen him in two games and he's a rookie. I mean, uh, C.J. Mosley, C.J. Mosley's uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's not part of this team right now. I mean, they don't have any elite players. So you're, you're talking about does the Browns have as bad as the Browns have been over the years? Do they have five or six elite players? They do. They do. Go up and down. Go with the, the Bengals right now. Do, do the Bengals have five or four elite players? I think they have about three or four elite players on their team, including their quarterback, who looks you really, really good. Elite? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. As a rookie. All right. Yeah, no, as no, a rookie. No, I, get that. I don't think he's an elite quarterback okay. in the league. That's fair. But I think as a rookie, he's going to be up for rookie of the year. Yeah. He, he's been, it's been sensational. And do I think he's going to be an elite quarterback in this league? It, as good as he's played this year with the players that he has around him? Yes, I do. I think he's going to be elite. I do. Yeah, yeah. the Bengals, I think you look at William Jackson at corner. Uh, I guess Dunlap, before they traded him, was a nice pass rusher. But And then Mixon, when he's healthy, is a nice running back. And A.J. Green, when he's healthy, is a nice wide receiver. So yeah, you can I, I think they have some elite players. The Jets are one of very few teams that have elite players. I mean, even the Giants. Look at the Giants. Do they have elite players? I, Leonard Williams is becoming an elite player. Leonard Williams is a pro ball player this year. Mm-hmm. He's having a great season. He's becoming an elite defensive lineman. I wouldn't be surprised if Leonard Williams doesn't make the all-pro team. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look at their defense. Look how well he's played this year. Look at I, I think he's got like five sacks, yeah. and uh, he's been dominating behind the line of scrimmage. How many tackles does he have average a game? I think he leads the team in tackles. Tackles I mean, for loss, yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, I mean, he's been sensational. He's, one of the, he's been one of the most talented uh, defensive linemen in the league this year, and that was a jet. He was a Jet who didn't really accomplish his goals as a player with the New York Jets. He goes to the Giants, uh, the other side, you know, the, the NFC East instead of the AFC East, and, and look at the difference he is as a, as a player. Mm-hmm. He's a better player. And we've said this for a while. It's a lot easier as a 4-3 defensive tackle than a 3-4 end to accumulate those stats. And Williams with being in, that, in those 3-4 defenses, that kind of held him back. Now, obviously, Todd Bowles has made other players work with it with Tampa, but, again, you still need the talent to an extent. So. Another team that's alarming, and I, I, I'm not going to go to break until uh, 7 o'clock because I want to go through the NFL because we're going to have our special guest and I, we're going to have some fun with him. Um, but another team that really stands out to me going into week number 8 is the um, Baltimore Ravens. A team that a lot of people thought going into week week eight, they would be undefeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they have the talent. They added a, a great pass rusher uh, a week ago where they gave up nothing for him. <laughs> they really gave up nothing yeah, they, for him. They gave the same thing the Vikings gave to Jackson. That's yeah. The same thing. <laughs> so you're getting a, a much talented player to go on the other side of your line who could get to the quarterback and cause havoc on the other side of the line and and who's probably – uh, very excited to go and play for his team, and I say his team because he grew up in Baltimore. He grew up a Baltimore Ravens fan. So uh, the fact that they have not looked good in almost three weeks, and they haven't looked good, okay? In the last three weeks, they've lost two games. They've won one game out of three games. Right. They, this is a team that a lot of people thought were the favorites to come out of the AFC and probably win the Super Bowl this year. You and year. I said they were the most talented team in oh, football. Oh, no question. And, and they still are. I think they still are, too. Now, the question is, again, 
is it's mental with them because you've seen this this core with John Harbaugh so far starting in 2017 with all these young players. Week 17 of 2017, they lose that uh, heartbreaker against the Bengals. They miss the playoffs. 2018, they have a playoff dud against the Chargers. And then last year, obviously, we know Derrick Henry and the Titans stomped all over them. So it's a lot of it is mental with them. Can they beat those top teams? And so far, they haven't. They lost to the Steelers last week, and they lost to the Chiefs. Well, the, stale, the Steelers, they had a chance to win. It, it, Lamar Jackson made uh, an error uh, on his run play. Uh, they had one yard to gain on the fourth and one, and uh, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson went the wrong way. He's he, he, to be too fancy. Yeah. He should have went the left side instead of the right side. If he went the left, he would have gotten the first down, and they probably would have scored and won the game. But he he rushed the play, and he was looking. And I don't blame Lamar Jackson for the loss. I mean, Lamar Jackson is not the reason why they lost the game. I, I think a lot of the reasons why is their defense couldn't stop their offense. Mm-hmm. And that was the problem, especially early in the game. Yeah, that, it, that pass rush really had a lot of trouble, too. I think they had some players out, and now they lost Matt Judon. I think he came down with COVID, so he's not going to be able to play this week either. So that's probably a big reason they were trading for Nagakwe. But Nagakwe in that first game did not look did great. Not, did not look good. And, and now you're playing an Indianapolis team that's played very good football. They have the same record as you. And they're also a team that wants to win their division, a division where it's winnable for them. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely winnable absolutely. for them. They can win the division. And I, even though Tennessee has been fantastic, Tennessee has one loss, and they only have two losses. If Tennessee loses this week, mm-hmm. quite, poss- quite possibly could happen. Uh, they could be tied with the same record. Yeah, their defense has had a lot of issues, too, so far with the Titans. They've had trouble with the pass rushers. They brought in, losing the, all the secondary pieces they did. They just got a Dory Jackson back last week. Malcolm Butler's been okay, but he hasn't been that number one corner that he was in the New, with the New England Patriots. So they really have had trouble with the, their defensive side of the ball, too. They're kind of like the Bears, where they've been battle-tested And they're playing so the Bears far. this week. Yeah, it's funny. They, they're... Very similar. They've been battle-tested. They win close games, but they haven't been as overly dominant as we were expecting with their talent level either. So Indianapolis is a team that really sticks out like a sore thumb. They really do because as, as bad as Phillip Rivers looked the, last, uh, the first three weeks, he's looked even better the last two or three weeks. So, and, and now he's figuring out the offense. He understands how he can, he can run the offense. I do believe this is all, it's a one-and-done year for Phillip Rivers. He either wins the Super Bowl, goes to the Super Bowl, or, or they're going to be looking for a young quarterback or uh, looking to trade for a young quarterback in the offseason. Unless Phillip Rivers has a big second half, regardless of even what he does in the playoffs, I think he'll be out either way. Yeah, I, I think he'll lot of money, too. I think they're going to be bringing uh, a young quarterback that might be available in free agency or maybe in trade talks. And mm-hmm. One guy that I've been talking about is Sam Darnold, uh, a guy that definitely sticks out uh, uh, for a team that is looking for a future quarterback, one, still one of the youngest quarterbacks in the NFL that maybe just needs a change, a change of scenery. And if the Jets do get the number one pick and Trevor Lawrence does come out of the draft, I could see the Jets uh, making a trade to a team like Indianapolis where they can get a, a, a huge amount I wouldn't say a huge amount, but a, a couple of picks back for mm-hmm. Sam. Maybe a late first round or two second rounds and a third. That'd be funny because they remember the Colts were the team they traded with to trade up for Darnold. Yep. So and, I, and that could happen. I th- I could see that absolutely happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team, a team like the Browns, who a- absolutely passed up on Sam. I think Sam was, would have been a better fit with this Browns team than Baker Mayfield because mm-hmm. I think of his arm and his, his ability to move inside and out of the pocket a lot and, and, and the size that he has and the ability that he has, I, I think he would have fit better with the Browns. But yeah. uh, a lot of people say, well, Baker's look better than Sam. Yeah, Baker's also on a way better team. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and, and he's coached by a better coach. So 
I, I don't know if Adam Gaze knows. No, uh, like I've said that, I've said that, I'll say this over and over again. I don't know if he knows his ass from his tailbone. I, I really don't. I, I think Adam Gase is really that dumb. So, Adam Gase is a true Freddy Kitchens territory, he's stupid. which is sad. He's an absolute <laughs> stupid idiot. So there is no lies or factual thoughts to anybody that thinks Adam Gase is a good coach is an idiot. I mean, it, let's be honest. He's a jackass. So uh, when you look at the, the Browns and you look at the talent that they have, they got a tremendous amount of time. Miles Ma- Garrett has been the best pass rusher in the NFL this Defensive year. Defensive player of the year, in my opinion, this year. He's, <laughs> he's, been, been, tremendous. he's been fantastic, but he also got a big, huge contract about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So he, he's living up to the contract that he's getting. But all in all, uh, there are teams right now that stick out, and there are teams that don't stick out. And, uh, again, the Baltimore Ravens are a team that you – if you're a Ravens fan, you would have to be worried. I mean, moving forward, uh, their uh, games are going to get worse. They're going to get harder. They still have to play the Pittsburgh Steelers again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, and they're, they're probably going to lose out on their division. Uh, uh, a division where uh, a lot of people thought, including yours truly, thought they were the by far the best team in a division. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been sensational. Ben Roethlisberger has been great. I mean, they're getting offense on all different sides of the ball, including their defensive side of the ball. They've been fantastic. They really have. And my, this might be Mike Tomlin's best coaching uh, he's had in his career. Easily, yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. He's going on. To me, Mike Tomlin is coach of the year. So far, yeah. He, he, right now, he's by far the coach of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nobody even coming close to him right now, being that they're the only undefeated team in the NFL. Right. So uh, when you look at the Jets, who are 0-8, and then you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 7-0, and and look who the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing this week. They're playing the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> they're playing Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush. They're going to go 8 <laughs> unless some crazy thing happens. I mean, seriously, I, I, you know what's going to happen. I mean, Pittsburgh's going to run Dallas out of the, you know. Of course. I, I don't know where they're going to run them out to. I mean, maybe, maybe to Dunkin' Donuts or something because. Uh, They'll run them out to the Mexican port. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I have no idea what's going on with the Cowboys. And Mike McCarthy, I don't care what any Cowboy fan says, I will say it again over and over again. Mike McCarthy is not going to last for three years. He's not. Next year is going to be even worse. Because even if they get a top pick and a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans says, oh, we'll draft the best defensive player available, is that going to make them better? Yeah, one defensive player is not all you need. I mean, nice you're, over, there. <laughs> you're overpaying Jalen Smith. You're overpaying uh, Lawrence. Uh, you're going to have to pay uh, um, Van Der Esch. And Van Der Esch. He's going to want big money. And if you don't, you're going to have to trade him. You're trading, and, and Van Der Esch, in my eyes, is your best defensive player. So uh, where, and where are you going at the corner position, which has been one of the worst in the league this year? <laughs> I mean, you traded Jones or you let go of Jones. He goes to Miami. Miami's defense has been sensational this year. I'm not going to give Jones all the credit. Yeah, he's been hurt, so. so uh, yeah. But uh, the defense has been sensational in the front seven. But I, I, I don't know where anybody thinks that the Dallas Cowboys are a team to beat in the future. I, I think the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> are in a lot worse trouble. And, and crazy to say this is the new, even worse than the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Because the Jets have a lot more money than the Cowboys do in free agency. A lot more. And they have a tremendous amount of draft stock. That could, they can rebuild that team in two years. So, And what do the Cowboys have? They, last year they had five draft picks because they traded them all away. And then this year, what do they got, eight? I mean, the Cowboys are in a, a – a, and I, I will say this over and over again. They got lucky to get C.D. Lamb. Yeah. But uh, if you don't have a quarterback that can get the ball to them, 
uh, what good is CeeDee Lamb? <laughs> Yeah. So like Eric Gilbert and Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci. <laughs> I, I, you, you have to go and look at some of these teams, and there's a lot of worrisome teams right now that are, have playoff spots. The Buffalo Bills being another team. I've said this. They haven't looked good the last three weeks. They've skimmed right through, and now they're playing Seattle. They're not going to skim right through with Seattle. If Seattle scores 30 points against them, I don't know if Buffalo can keep nah, up with them. Uh. I just don't. And even though it's in Buffalo, I still think Seattle has the advantage. Yeah, they're one of the teams. Actually, the exception to the rule where, I, where we make picks all the time, I always say, the West Coast team traveling to the East Coast is the hardest thing. The Seahawks have been the one exception to that rule over the years. So I think they'll definitely make it tough. I have them winning the game. And I agree. I, I, Buffalo's going to have to have some kind of shootout offensively if they're going to have any shots. And a lot of people would think the Saints are, you know, the Saints and Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers are the game of the week. I beg to differ on that. At 425 on Sunday, Miami versus Arizona, to me, is the Ooh, game of the yeah. week. I, I really do. Because Arizona, you, you have two young quarterbacks, two very likable quarterbacks, a guy, two guys that can move inside and out of the pocket. I think uh, both of them have the same style of game. Both of them throw very well on, on the run accurately. The one thing that I look at Arizona is I think they have the better quarterback. I do. Right. And I think they have the better all-around team than Miami. Now, that doesn't mean that Miami can't go to Arizona and beat the Arizona Cardinals. I, I, with that defense and the way they played this past week against a Rams team that everybody thought was a championship competitive team, uh, boy, oh boy, did they prove everybody wrong. Um, this is a team that's quite capable of going into Arizona and knocking off the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, they've played close in every game so far, too. Uh, with the with the exception of a couple in the beginning of the season, they hung tough with Seattle. They they beat the other two NFC West teams, the Rams and the 49ers, and blew them out of the water. So it's definitely possible uh, for them to be able to do that. The the Dolphins' offense will need some kind of production, though, against that good Cardinal secondary, though, for them to win that game. But I agree with you where their defense could definitely make it tough on Kyler Murray. They have a lot of fa- fast ends and fast linebackers that have played very well so far against mobile quarterbacks. Speedy, have you ever you know gone out and, and you know you had a lot of bad gas and, and you actually wanted to get into a small room just to smell your own farts to see what it smells like. Have you ever done that before? I've done it by accident. Not on what you, you've never done that by per, you know, purposely? I mean, you never wanted to smell how bad your farts were by what you ate. I mean, chili or it's maybe eat a time. bad burger or <laughs> something like that. So you, you've never gone into like a closet. Well, I've never analyzed it that. Oh come on, man! You never <laughs> gone into a closet and lock yourself in a closet and just smell your farts. I mean, no. I mean, I, a lot of people probably think I was crazy, but uh, you know, sometimes you know you got to whiff it. You know, you know, just like your. Uh, oh yeah, okay, that's fair. Just like your uh, sports team. You know, you, if they're bad, you you gotta you smell the stinkiness or watch the stinkiness, and uh, yeah. when they're playing good, uh, you know, you enjoy mm-hmm. it and you smell you smell like berries. You know, that, that's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. It's like a dirty fart. It really. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a good analogy. I'll give you that. <laughs> well, it is. I, I think that uh, the New York Jets are a really bad fart. Okay, <laughs> that's that that's. Uh, probably the, that could probably blow up a whole room of people. Okay, the New York Jets have done that enough uh, to the Jet fans and <laughs> and their own organization. The sense right. of the Jets could be a uh, military weapon. <laughs> well, it's a military weapon, all right. <laughs> and another another game that really stands out to me, and I, I I have to give a lot of credit to Justin Herbert. Okay, first of all, he has been so exciting to watch. Not only a pretty boy, uh, blonde hair, blue eye guy that takes off his helmet, everybody thinks he's a California like guy. Um, but this is a guy that has been sensational. He's been unbelievable. Uh, unfortunately, he plays for a team that likes to give up leads. Yep. Everyone wants, choke to bash at the end of the game. everyone wants to bash the Falcons. The Chargers have done it four times this year and have done it for years. <laughs> to me, I, 
that is a game that really sticks out to me. I, I would love to see the Chargers win. I definitely believe they found the quarterback of the, their quarterback of the future. Uh, this is a guy that could be an MVP candidate in, yeah. in the next couple of years. I, I really think he's that good. You know who he reminds me of? Watching his game, you know, he, he reminds me of Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I can see that. He does. His game, the way he throws the ball, the way he reads, a little bit more durable, athletic, more athletic than Matthew Stafford. Yeah, Matthew Stafford's out. more of a pocket-present quarterback. But Justin Herbert, uh, he has the arm strength of a Matthew Stafford, very accurate, but also is a guy that can place the ball in places that only Matthew Stafford could put it. And 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 I, I think this is style, his look, Matthew Stafford-esque. Um, quiet guy like Matthew Stafford, doesn't say much. Right. Um, I, I think I think he's 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 a fun quarterback to watch. If if nobody has had to see the chance to see Herbert, uh, guys, you have to watch the games. Uh, I mean, uh, he is a sensational player. Uh, he's going to be a star in this league for many many years to come. He really is yeah. fun to watch. And it's not nowhere near his fault that the Chargers are no, losing. That no. defense, for whatever reason, with all the talent that they have, just blow every lead imaginable. A defense that I thought last year was going to be Super Bowl contending. Uh, a defense, but they they fell apart last year, and they look even worse this year. I could see the Chargers trading Joey Bosa away in the offseason. Mm. I could see that happening. There are teams that would give him a boatload of picks. Joey Bosa is obviously not the solution of this organization moving forward. Either is Melvin Ingram, who is uh, a yeah. little bit of moving to the older side, right. a pass rusher. Teams like the Jets would probably be willing to give a third or fourth round draft pick for a Melvin uh, Ingram mm-hmm. to their defense. Uh, so there are, you know, there are teams that'll be interested in some of those players and and these the older players. Now Joey Bosa is not an older player. Joey right. Bosa is a young player, but Melvin Ingram's been in the league for seven to eight years. I mean, he's he's yeah, he was moving to thirty draft. Yeah. yeah, he's moving to thirty. You know. I mean, so uh, he might be on his way out. He wants a big contract. I don't think the car, the Chargers are willing to give him that. <laughs> yeah, but we sit in the Chargers they didn't give get rid it, of players all the time. They so. didn't give it to Melvin Gordon, <laughs> and who was one of the be- who was one of the better uh, running backs in the NFL. Right, so, and, and he's played very good with the Broncos. They have a history of being cheap. That that ownership group, those uh, that front office, they always have done that with players, especially offensive players in the past as well. When they had really talented teams, and for some reason they just could never put it together. They always lose close games. They always have random duds. They always have a lot of injuries for whatever reason. They their talent has always been pretty good for the most part in their uh, their franchise history, but always seems to have the same problem. And they're going to play the Raiders, and I think the Raiders have been a lot better than I thought they were going to be this year. I thought they had a lot of deficiencies on their defense. They still do, they still do. but uh, their defense has played a lot better this year. They've played a lot better. They've gotten to the quarterback. They've put pressure on the quarterback. I definitely think they're a wild card team. They're absolutely a wild card team. they got to win this game. Uh, they have Obviously, to knock off yeah. the Chargers, but uh, they have an opportunity to be 5-3, and three, and even though I don't think they can win the division, they're not winning the division because Kansas City is not going to lose that many games. I, th- I still think they could be the second-place team in their division, and they, and they can come out as one of the wild-card teams. Yeah, it's possible with the schedule that they have because their schedule is pretty easy. They've gotten a lot of hard games out of the way already. They already beat the Saints. They already played against Tampa, and... Uh, they played the Chiefs once already, and they beat the Chiefs. So they already gotten a lot of those hard games out of the way. So it is possible. The question is, if they're going to get any identity, they would have needed to make some trades on defense. Because their run defense was actually a big strength for them last year. I think they were third or fourth against the run last year. It has been a weakness for them. Their pass defense has gotten a little better, but it's still very questionable in that secondary. Too. And Detroit, who has had a very good season. Um, three and four is not a bad record for a team that really doesn't win more than three or four games. And and they lose Matthew Stafford to COVID. He's on the list for the mm-hmm. second time. Um, he might be out for two weeks, and that could affect 
uh, a Detroit team that even though I, I think they're in a very hard division, uh, the way the Chicago Bears have played, uh, they could absolutely, if they win this week against Minnesota, has not played well, they can move up in that division. They could have the opportunity to be a wild card team. I, it's going to be a, a shot in the dark. But yeah. uh, uh, also, the Green Bay Packers hasn't played well. They haven't played well the last couple of weeks. Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked good. And, and Green Bay could lose this week against San Francisco, even mm-hmm. though they're making trades and they're making moves because I think they're giving up on the season too. Uh, San Francisco's 4-4, four and four, but I really think because of their division and how good their division is, and they're in the best division in football, San Francisco. Right. Um, I think San Francisco is going to give up on this, uh, 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 this year's uh, season because they lost Nick Bosa. They lost a significant amount. Look, they traded, uh, they tra- they traded one of the best linebackers right. to the, the Saints. Uh, this past week. So uh, I understand they're trying to open up a room for a free agency, but all in all, I, I could see Sean Payton leaving after this year. I really Sean could. Payton. Sean Payton leaving the, the Saints. Oh, wow. Really? He's a free agent this year. He's he's a free agent. Uh, the Saints are on their way out. They're going to lose Drew Brees. I, I, even though their defense looks good, uh, their offenses look bad this year. They have not looked good. Michael Thomas wants out. Okay, he doesn't want to stay there. I could absolutely see the Saints trading Michael Thomas at the end of the season because he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to play for the team. And uh, Kamara, Alvin Kamara, who had got a big contract, he's a guy that they're going. To, I believe they're going to build their offense around. I, I don't think they're going to build it around Michael Thomas. And Drew Brees is going to be gone. So either they're going to be looking for their next quarterback. Or what they're going to do is they're going to try to bring in a young quarterback in, in free agency or make a trade for maybe a quote-unquote Sam Donald. Yeah, the only way we could see Peyton, though, leaving is if they don't win. Because, again, he's hungry for that second title, too. Especially if Breeze does play out the second year of his contract. He, I think if he does win this year, they'll he will retire. But in, if he doesn't, then they're going to be hungry and looking for more, especially if they lose in the heartbreaking ways they always seem to lose. And, I, and I'm listening. John Ferris, I, I've been reading everything that you wrote. Uh, I know you like uh, DK Metcalf, who has been sensational this year. Yes. Uh, a guy. Now I don't know why Russell Wilson wants to compare him to Jerry Rice because <laughs> there you can't compare uh, a guy that's been in the league for about two and a half years to arguably the greatest player in NFL history. And I Russell Wilson needs to cool down on the way he compares players because <laughs> if he really thinks that he can compare himself to Drew Brees, he's got a long way to go. Okay, <laughs> but. Uh, Russell Wilson has been a sensational player. He, to me, is the MVP of the league this year still to this day. Um, Do I think Michael, uh, do I think Michael Thomas would be a good fit with the Jets? Absolutely. Do I think the Jets have enough to get Michael Thomas? Yes, they do. They can give up a first round this coming year and maybe a fourth and they can get Michael Thomas. Absolutely could Mm -hmm. get Michael Thomas, you know, if they want him. I don't know if they're willing to give up a first for Michael Thomas. I think, I still think the Jets are starting uh, they want to start from scratch, and if if it makes Trevor Lawrence happy, they might do. A, they might make a move like that. Uh, is Michael Thomas better than any of the wide receivers coming out of this year's draft? Uh, the answer is yes. Michael Thomas is one of the top three wide receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, will he fit with the Jets? Will he fit uh, away from Drew Brees? That's the question. We've seen wide receivers yep. go to other places and not not become successful. So especially with the Saints, uh, yeah. especially with the Jets, Antonio Holmes. Uh, you saw what he did with the the Pittsburgh Steelers. He he wins a Super Bowl. He, he has the game winning catch, and then the next year he goes to the Jets. He has a decent year and gets a lot of money. And he, the year after, two years later, he's gone. So um, the, we've seen 
good wide receivers go other places and don't succeed. So yeah, a lot of teams like the Saints, like the Packers, that uh, they have top quarterbacks all these years. A lot of their second and third receiver options, they have trouble in other places. The Saints have had a running back carousel for a while that has a ton of, that's had issues. And the Packers, they tend to have a lot of receiver. They develop receivers well, so they tend to have a lot of different receivers, but none of them play well elsewhere. Even somebody as good as Jordy Nelson throughout his career, when he went to the Raiders, he was not the same player. Oh, uh, he either. wasn't. But he also came back from a, a torn ACL. Uh, he had two torn ACLs. One yes, with he the, had one in 2015. One with the Green yeah. Bay Packers and one with the Oakland Raiders. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy was never the same. He wasn't the same player. But once you tear your ACL, unless you're Adrian Peterson, you're never the same right. player. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I, and that, that's just the facts. Uh, Nick Bosa is not going to be the same player. I'm sorry. As as big of a freak that guy is, and and women love him, um, the guy's a pretty boy, and he's a great, fantastic player. He tore his ACL this year. I guarantee you he won't be the same player. Mm-hmm. He'll be a great player. He's just not going to be the explosive player um, the way he, we've seen him. Uh, and that's and that's going to be a huge problem. I, I, I think the 49ers are going to have to make a lot of decisions. They had the chance to win last year. And, and I'll say this again. Kyle Shanahan made a, a lot of mistakes in with the last six, seven minutes of the game, which cost them a Super Bowl because they were in the lead. They were up by 12 points or uh, 10. 10 points with seven minutes left. There's n- the chances of a team coming back – uh, with two possessions was slim to none. I mean, I think they were, they had a seventy percent chance to win. Yep. And again, Kyle Shanahan with the percentages not in his favor, he loses. So, and I don't care what anybody says, he stopped running the ball. And right. and, and Kansas City, say whatever you want, their their running game has not been the same uh, this year either. Right. And also, when you look at the defense for the 49ers, too, they haven't been the same when they haven't had that full arsenal of pass rush either. And you saw that at the end of the Super Bowl, too, when their pass rush was having trouble. Their secondary is nothing, really, except for Richard Sherman. But Richard Sherman's hurt now. You have Jason Verrett and nothing else, really, in that secondary. And they're kind of cash-strapped as it is, too. Maybe that was one of the reasons they traded Kawan Alexander, but they're kind of cash-strapped as it is, too, paying a lot of overloads for one position and not really filling in the holes and with receivers, with corners, with safeties, they need more of that. Well, and John actually asked us what running back fits the Jets right now in free agency. That's a good question. And I could see the Browns trading Kareem Hunt. Uh, mm. If you can get Kareem Hunt for a fifth or a sixth, I would make a move for Kareem Hunt. If Kareem Hunt keeps playing well like he is this year. You're probably going to need more than that. Though. No, I don't think so. I mean, Kareem Hunt is a guy that has had problems on and off the field. I think you can get a fourth or you, you could trade a fourth or a fifth uh, for Kareem Hunt. You're not going to get a second or a third for Kareem Hunt. You're not, not with his off-the-field problems. I don't think you'll get a second for, uh, for sure, but if he, if Chubb is out for much of the season and he dominates, I could see a third. No, I don't, I don't see it. I don't know if the Jets would do it, but I could see another team do it. Uh, no, I don't. I, I, I can see uh, Kareem Hunt would be a guy that could fit with the Jets. Uh, he's not a free agent. That's why you're going to have to trade for him. But you're not going to have to give up a, a significant amount. For a running back, um, a fourth round, um, I could see a fourth round. A Kareem Hunt, if he has a good season, you can get a fourth round for him. Uh, but um, you, you can give a fourth round. But I, I, there are other guys that I haven't seen the free agency market uh, for running backs. But I'm sure – I think Kenyon Drake is a free agent uh, coming this year. Yep. Kenyon Drake would be a good fit for the Jets um, moving forward, not with Adam Gase. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think he wants to be with Adam Gase either. We know how that relationship went. <laughs> yes. So – uh, there, there could be a lot of interesting moves going into the offseason, especially with the coaching, you know, uh, who they're going to bring in. Uh, now, a lot of people have said the New York Jets should bring in um, 
a college coach because I think the way uh, the NFL is trying uh, trying to transition is in the college game, the uh, the spread offenses, the different styles of offenses that they're going. Uh, these college coaches are bringing to the NFL and that have uh, have actually. Uh, grown in the NFL in certain ways. Uh, you've seen it with Andy Reid. You've seen it with some. Uh, you see with Nagy. You've seen it with Peterson. Uh, they use the spread offense a lot in this style of game, so uh, it has worked. And and I think maybe the, you know the Jets look at maybe a, a coach that really stands out to them in college, aka Jim Harbaugh. I've been saying this over and over again. I mean, he hasn't really worked in the NCAA, but we've seen his offense work in the NFL very, very well mm-hmm. with the San Francisco 49ers. And different schemes, too. Yeah, uh, so I, I can't see why the Jets wouldn't look at Jim Harbaugh as a guy that they can obviously reach out to him and say, listen, I don't know if the Jets are going to give him $11 million a year. He's making $9 million right now with uh, Michigan. But to come back to the NFL and get paid another million dollars, I think Jim Harbaugh would be a good pos- – uh, good pick for the New York Jets to bring in. I don't know if Joe Douglas would do that, especially uh, the. I don't know if he knows Jim like that. I don't know if Jim right. and him would work very well together because Joe Joe Douglas is a quiet uh, guy who doesn't really like talking to press, and Jim Harbaugh doesn't shut up. <laughs> so I mean th- that could be a huge problem bringing in a coach of that magnitude who who could throw uh, the team and the organization under the bus if they start losing. Yeah, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan if uh, if. He with will his $9 million. Dollars. Michigan could fire him because, obviously, they had another underwhelming loss again. They always have that dud against Ohio State. Like, they always lose big games. They're, the, they're that kind of reputation. So, I could see that kind of thing. And, but, again, looking at Harbaugh, too, the reason he left the 49ers was he had a lot of trouble with the veteran players, not as much the younger players. Obviously, being a college coach, he could work better with the younger players. And the Jets being a mostly younger team, I could see that kind of thing working. Obviously, Biennium is the top choice, no matter what. How about, and I said this, how about Sean Payton? If Sean, be insane. if Sean Payton becomes available, which I believe he will, I, I, I think he's going to leave the Saints. I really do. I, I don't, I don't see him staying with the Saints. I think he would. I, his his contract is up this year. No, I'm not saying he's going to go to the Jets. There's the Texans. There are other teams that are going to have open positions to fill in where he can take a, take over for the team and maybe have a voice with the organization on who he wants to bring in, who he doesn't want to bring in. Maybe the Jets will give him the opportunity. You know, I just thought of if, if that ends up happening and the Saints maybe and him go out on bad terms. Imagine him going to the Falcons and just sticking it to them. Uh, I could see that happening. But I also, I, I also think that Sean Payton uh, wants to go somewhere else and see what he can do with another organization. And I, uh, the stories that I've been reading is that Sean Pay- Payton might want out of uh, a team that he's been with for over 10 years. So uh, he won a Super Bowl there. He had nothing else to prove. He's trying to win another one this year. If he wins another Super Bowl this year, he stays with the Saints. If he loses this year, which quite possibly could happen – why would he want to stay there when his quarterback is going to be retiring? Yeah, I think he'll go out with his quarterback if that's the case. It just depends on if Breeze is going to play the second year. And he year might or sit not. out for a whole season. Sean Payton might say, you know what? I don't want to coach next year. I might want to spend some mm-hmm. time with my kids and then uh, decide where I want to go. Because he might do that just to get out of the Saints' contracts so the fans don't hate him. Okay. You know, and say, you know what? I just want to sit out for the season. I'm going to weigh my options and see what's out there uh, the season after. That could happen. Or Sean Payton might jump the gun and say, you know what, uh, a team like the Jets, uh, you know, with all the draft stock and the money that they have, and, and he can actually coach arguably one of the best uh, talented quarterbacks to come out of the draft since Andrew Luck, well, maybe he won't turn on a job like that. I'm not saying the Jets, but 
Uh, there are quite a few teams that would be interested in Sean Payton if he becomes available in free agency. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's so, a top five coach already. And he's done a nice job this year considering all the Saints injuries. So Absolutely. Absolutely. When we come back, we will talk a little bit about some basketball conversation. And then at 7.15, we'll be talking to Florida State tight end recruit Kobe Gross here on Below the Mic. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. around with my Annie. I'm not a rapper. I flow. I give up. <laughs> I Joe. Like Douglas. <laughs> I spoke to the press and scared everybody away. Yes. As you guys know, this is Below the Mic. We are live every Single Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. We had some great shows on today. The Hit List was great today. We had a new show played today. Um, great, great show with Austin and his uh, Comedy Central guys. Um, definitely some new shows coming to our network. Uh, very excited moving forward. So uh, definitely, definitely going to be very, very interesting moving forward with our network. Uh, some new advertisers we're talking to and sponsors as well. Uh, the Weekend Crunch. This Saturday on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, uh, me and Eric Coleman, Speedy Petey, some guests, uh, a lot of fun. So definitely stay tuned. If you don't live in Long Island and you can, dial it up on the FM dial. You can download or you actually listen to it on, on the 103.0 app, uh, which is WRCN out here, the old WRCN, the LI News Radio Network, the political side. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff happening in the last 24 hours with uh, politics and Donald Trump and Biden. We're not going to get into that, but uh, uh, it's craziness. Uh, go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, iOS, which is WWSRN or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. John Ferris says Jason Garrett. I like Jason Garrett. I, I just don't know if bringing in another style of coach like Adam Gates, I, I think a better offensive mind uh, than Adam Gates, but you can't honestly sell that to the Jet fans after bringing in Adam Gase, bringing in another guy that uh, was not, uh, uh, in my eyes, a guy that has achieved enough to give him a position where he can get the coach uh, a quarterback of that magnitude like uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I don't know if uh, the Jets are going to give him that opportunity. So I, I would say no, that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting uh, with the NBA and – I've been reading some stories that uh, now the NBA is almost approving that the NBA season will start three days before Christmas. And I, I know the NBA is trying to make some money Christmas Day, the money, uh, the, the five games that they can have on the dial, uh, the endorsements, the sponsors and the advertisements, especially the money that they've lost in the uh, last couple of years. Uh, I, I think I think the NBA is trying to win over the fan and, and, and try to steal uh, the storyline right now in the top headlines uh, on a lot of sports channels and um, uh, sports headlines. I don't think this is a good idea. 
I don't. I think the the way the NHL is doing it, starting January first in the new year, giving the players a little bit more time. You're bringing the NBA players back in like two or three months mm-hmm. after beating their bodies up, going through that playoff run. Yes, they had three months off. And then there's really not going to be any practices or OTAs. They're really not going to do that uh, because of COVID-19. And and I don't know if they're going to do the bubble this year. Are they going to start the season in their own respectable stadiums? Is that going to make sense when COVID has not – it hasn't really panned out for the NFL or uh, the major leagues? Uh, Mm -hmm. There's been problems even in MMA. So – uh, I, I think this is a really, really bad idea with Adam Silver. I think Adam Silver is making a huge mistake. Um, I have a lot of respect for Adam Silver. I think Adam Silver is the best commissioner in professional sports. <laughs> That's not saying much. <laughs> but uh, with uh, Black Lives Matter being put on the basketball courts in the playoffs, which uh, I, I think it was, uh, to me, made absolutely no sense uh, doing something like that. Uh, no professional sport did that in professional sports. Uh, and you do that as an NBA, uh, trying to satisfy the players, the LeBron Jameses, the Chris Pauls, uh, after what's happened over the last couple of months, that was a bad move by Adam Silver. Uh, he lost a lot of fans, he lost a lot of uh, endorsements and advertisers and sponsors, but also a, a lot of things with the NBA playoffs. Uh, I, I didn't like how it was structured. Um, I just didn't like it. I, I just I thought I thought it was fit for the L.A. Lakers to win uh, a championship. I, I really mm-hmm. do believe that. I think Adam Silver wanted to bring the NBA back because he wanted to give LeBron James an opportunity to win another championship, where you can start talking and discussing uh, a, a LeBron James Michael Jordan comparison. Which I, I don't care how <laughs> many championships LeBron James wins. He's not going to be Michael Jordan. Yeah, I think the other thing you got to look at, too, is that the players are already doing a lot of load management stuff as it is. They're not really prioritizing as much with the regular season because the NBA just simply doesn't have enough parity. Now, it got a little closer with teams definitely playing better than they expected with teams like the Jazz and the Thunder, teams like that, that played better than expected. And in the East, you got Miami obviously going all the way to the finals where we knew they'd be a playoff team. We didn't think they'd be that good of a playoff team where they'd be in the finals right away. So... That's that's why I'm surprised that the players aren't really pushing more for maybe a half of a season where they could start it a little later and then reset the next year after that because they're you're right they're not going to be there's going to be a lot of games where these stars are going to sit out anyway which is only going to hurt the viewership even more. You know I, I I'm not a reader and guys I you know going off subject I I, I actually started reading a book um, a documentary book and I'm not going to mention it because I'm not promoting anything. A very interesting story about a, a guy uh, with all the trials and tribulations, the drug addictions that he's had. Uh, he was a professional athlete uh, uh, who fell into bad times, eventually lost everything, and then uh, slowly but surely became a spokesman, a speaker, um, and is trying to regulate and figure out what his life is all about. Uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting when when you look at life and you look at some of the things that are going on in the world, and, and, and people don't realize the good spots and the, and, and appreciation of, of where they are in their life, or or how you know how their life uh, has structured where they're just in a better situation than a lot of the other people that we you know you can look at in in different countries. Uh, uh, in in Haiti and and people getting their heads cut off in, in different towns because right. they just look different or they act different or they just want to get rid of you know they just want to punish somebody or punish a family. There are a lot of things going on in the world, so sports kind of keeps you away from uh, the thoughts of what the bad things that are going on in the world. Even what's going on right now in our country, uh, sports takes you away from that. And I think that you know 
there's a lot of things uh, in Speedy's life uh, that takes me away from uh, the sports conversations, and he knows who I'm talking about. Uh, she's a wonderful no, woman. No, no, no. Yeah, she is. That is she's, not being She's mentioned. a wonderful woman. She really is. She's a good woman. Uh, she smells a little funky, you know? You've never smelled her. How do you know I've never smelled her? Because you've met her once. I, I met her once in your eyes, but I, I've met her a couple of times in, in my eyes. I mean... Uh, I even dreamt, dreamt about her a couple of times. And you would smell in your dreams? Oh, I could smell anything. I, okay. I smell the whiff of my fart, man. You smell it? That's not a dream. <laughs> uh, well, that could be a dream because you, uh, you've never smelt the whiff of my fart. I mean, I've no, farted in front of you, but uh, it hasn't smelt. Yeah. So Actually, it's still pretty insane. <laughs> well, it's not pretty insane. It's just uh, the greatness of me. You know, I mean, I have a lot of great powers. I mean, I, have you ever seen, uh, what's that movie with uh, Pee Wee Herman? Um, there were superheroes. Ben Stiller's in it. I forget what. Oh, that. Mystery Men? Mystery I saw Men. part of that. I didn't yes, see Yes, Mystery thing. Men. I, I mean, you know, I have that, that fart ability. I, I don't know if it smells that bad, <laughs> but uh, it definitely has that power, that pressure that, you know, can blow up the seat. Uh, anyways, um, getting back into the NBA, there's a lot of. Uh, conversations uh, with uh, possibly moving on from James Harden with the Houston Rockets. Mm -hmm. Some people say that the Houston Rockets uh, would rather keep Russell Westbrook moving forward and moving because you can get more for James Harden than you will for Russell. Um, I do believe that's true, too. I think James Harden's a more complete player than Russell Russell Westbrook is, offensively especially, if you're looking for that offensive style of game. Uh, a guy that can get to the hole, get to the, the, the basket, and draw fouls, uh, cause havoc in certain ways, and can shoot the three. There are a lot of teams looking for a player like that. So um, I could see Miami. I, don't count out the Miami Heat to adding another superstar to that team, that already very good, young, talented team, where um, you could be a, a, a championship competitive team again next year with the players that they have and, 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 the, and the draft stock that they have moving forward. Yeah, and I think, again, you saw what happened with Jimmy Butler, too. He really got an extra spark when he came to Miami with whatever the coaching staff and Pat Riley was well, doing. Well, the, the whiff of you, Speedy. I mean, uh, uh, you, I'm sure the Miami Heat players could not smell that. Well, you, they, they all have your tidy whities Everybody on that team, all 14 players that oh make the God. team, have the opportunity to smell your dirty underwear. So... I think that would absolutely... You're supposed to do that during the interview, not before. No, it. but I'm being serious. I think uh, I, I actually sent Jimmy Butler during the playoffs one of your tidy whitey underwear. And You're a Scooby-Doo. Probably Jimmy, Jimmy Butler probably went, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> well, you signed it. I actually had you sign it. You didn't no, realize you that didn't. you signed it. Yes, I did. No, you, you didn't. You actually signed it. Yes, no, you did. you did not. Yes, you did. I, I made it look like a t-shirt, and nope. I sent it in nope. as underwear. Don't lie, nope. Speedy. You did. You, you were... did. Listen, Speedy, nope. it's okay to wear tidy whities okay? I, I, I like your SpongeBob tidy whities um, Your Scooby-Doo ones were very interesting. You have never been in my grandparents' house except for once. To. I've seen and – I've I And it's never been when I was sleeping, so I was never – Oh, so you're telling me I would pull your pants down and look at your underwear. No, I'm saying there, I would have never autographed anything – of that sort, without being unconscious or just completely messed up. Well, you you've been messed up before, and uh, I've seen you drunk before. Yes, at your birthday. And, oh, I seen you buzz right, before that. Yeah, you're, my, yeah, okay, but not drunk enough where I would do anything of the sort where I would make you Speedy, be able to manipulate my pen, uh, uh, my penmanship. You do a lot of stupid things, Speedy. Even when you're not drunk, I mean, uh, there are a lot of dumb, dopey things you do, especially on this. But show. never, never anything of that. Magnitude. Well, the, the smell and the stench of your underwear, you know, I think it can absolutely push the players to do the things that they need to do. doesn't mean I would autograph anything of Well, the you sorts. did. You autographed I did White. not. Yes, you did. I did not. Yes, you did. I know I did not. Anyways, um, there are a lot of players. Uh, Giannis is a guy that's going to definitely be looking um, 
looking elsewhere besides the Milwaukee Bucks. I could see the Milwaukee Bucks giving him his extension, give him his contract if they promise to trade him. Uh, the Golden State Warriors definitely fit the. Could you imagine uh, oh Steph Curry, Clay Thompson? And Giannis and and possibly Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. I think you would have to trade Andrew Wiggins. Um, yeah. What's his name again? Draymond. Draymond Green and a first round draft pick. That first round draft pick to get Giannis. Okay. I think that would fit. Mm-hmm. And then you have Clay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry, and Giannis. I think that would work. That'd be scary. Uh, but I still think you're still giving up a significant amount back. Well, of course. You lose a little depth, but we've seen the Warriors replenish depth in the past and be okay. Well, we'll see. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have our special guest. We are going to be talking to my Florida Seminoles. Yes, I said my because mm-hmm. I am a Florida Seminoles fan. I grew up a Florida Seminoles fan. Uh the person that reached out to me, Jillian, told me, I've got a surprise for you. I'm going to have a Seminole on the show. And I was very excited about that. We're going to be talking to three-star tight end Kobe Gross here on Below the Mic. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ho! Little Jay-Z, New York, Strong Island, Long Island, New York. Do you hear me? How about all you fans out there around the country? Listen to our shows throughout the country, live, every single week. I'm here, Mr. Jellybean Man, Mr. Candy Man, Mr. Errol Marks, and Speedy Petey. Yes, the smelly, the tidy whitey man himself. And still, I'm more of a jelly bean enthusiast. Yeah, you're the one calling yourself a jelly bean. I'm, I'm the candy man. You are I'm a candy, candy man. man. I will admit that. I am the candy man. As you guys know, this is Below the Mic. We are live every single Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. You can call us at 631-965-4990. Download our app on iOS, which is Apple, WWSRN. Or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Search it, baby. Search them. And go to our website, our beautiful brand new website. Guys, you're going to love it. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Well, well, well. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, we get a recruit that is worth talking to. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I love all the recruits that we've interviewed. Some of the top 100 recruits in the country for 2021 and 2022. But uh, Jillian reached out to me the other day, and she said, I got one. And I said, what, you, what did you get? And she says, I got you a Seminole. And I was, I was wondering, what Seminole? And I was doing some research, and she says, I think you're going to like this kid. So uh, anybody that plays for my Florida Seminoles, I, I like. Okay, so as you guys know, we are now talking to Florida State tight end recruit Kobe Gross. What's going on, Kobe? What's going on? Man, oh, man, I see that you're in your bedroom or you're in your living room. I'm in my bedroom. Oh, there you go. Are you in Florida right now? Yeah, I'm in Tampa. Uh, I moved here like two months ago. Mm -hmm. So how do you like Florida? Where are you from? I'm from California. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, What part of California? I'm from the Bay Area. Oh, mm-hmm. Golden State Warrior fan, aren't you? No. Oh, well, who, who are you for? Uh, I don't have a favorite basketball team, but if I were to pick, uh, probably be the Lakers. Really? You're a Laker fan. Okay. Uh, football yeah. fan, you're a San Francisco 49ers fan? 
No. Oh, okay. Ooh, ooh. Okay, who? It's the Raiders. Raiders. Oh, the Raider Vegas Raiders. All right, all right, all right, all right. You're, you're, they should they should have never moved. I feel bad for your your city, oh, your yeah. fans. Oh my yeah, my god. mom was mad about that. So. Oh my god. Ah, yeah. you, you want to know something? They moved to a bigger and a beautiful city. Uh, where you'll have the opportunity to play for them in the future. So there you go. There's so, a, it's yeah. a, they, they, they deserve <laughs> to lose their fans, though. Their well, fans you know, deserve I'm, I'm just trying to help the situation here. But uh, Florida is an interesting city. I'm not a big Florida fan. I would probably choose California more than Florida. I'm not a big fan of Florida. Tampa's an interesting uh, city. Uh, some beautiful places to hang out, but uh, obviously with COVID-19, it's not uh, the perfect place to be, uh, especially with the spread over there. But uh, yeah. as you guys know, we are talking to Florida State tight end recruit, Kobe Gross. So, Kobe, uh, I mean, for, where did you get your name, first of all? How did you get your name? Uh, my mom and my dad, they named me after Kobe Bryant. I knew it. A, but with a Y mm-hmm. instead of an E because everyone has it with the E, and mm. I've never met anyone that has – uh, my name with a Y. I have actually. So, there I was have. one. I think he played for Cincinnati. Yes. Uh, Cincinnati a couple of years ago. I think he was a linebacker mm-hmm. that had that uh, first name. It's funny because um, that same year, Ohio State also had an offensive lineman named Michael Jordan. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. He and now I, plays for the Bengals. <laughs> and I, as everybody knows, I'm not the the biggest Kobe Bryant fan, but. Uh, I do believe he's a top 20 player of all time. I know a lot of people think I'm crazy. I don't put him in my top 10, but um, unfortunately, may he rest in peace. Uh, Kobe Bryant is is, uh, a good Samaritan, a guy that really put basketball uh, in position to move forward after Michael Jordan. Uh, He was a big part of the growth of the game and and where the league is today. So uh, may he rest in peace. Um, So why why the Seminoles? I mean – there are a lot of there are a few teams. I, I read a little bit about you. There were a couple of teams that were investigating and recruiting you. What made you decide to go to the Florida Seminoles? Uh, well, first of all, that's Florida State, so everyone knows about Florida State. Um, and I always wanted to play in Florida, um, so that was a big reason. And just my relationship with Coach Norvell and the tight ends coach, Coach Thompson, um, really made my decision like easy because just seeing the offense that they uh were going like they were running at memphis was really like for the tight end and just going over film with the offensive coordinator also it was just perfect it was just the place that i wanted to be at was florida state and and like i said in the beginning my relationship with norvell and coach thompson so that really just sealed the deal and it was in florida where i want to where i wanted to play at mm-hmm yeah, so um, referring with Norvell, he's actually done a nice job with Memphis with quarterbacks. Uh, we see Paxton Lynch, Riley Ferguson, and now Brady White, who's one of the better quarterbacks in the nation as well. And Florida State, since uh, I forgot, DeAndre Francois got hurt really in that 2017 season, they've had trouble finding quarterbacks. Do you think Norvell could really help with that? And also, what was your favorite parts of some of the offensive schemes that he's run as well in terms of you picking Florida State? Okay, so uh, first, the quarterback, yeah, I think. Uh, the commit that we have, Luke, um, he's a really good uh, guy for the job. I think he can get it done. Um, I know he thinks that also. And um, with the other question, just the, how the tight end is used, just so versatile. And as you can see in my film, like I'm lined up all over the place, and that's exactly what they want me to do um, at Florida State, just line up all over the offense in the slot uh, with my hand in the ground and in the backfield. So I could um, – I could do that pretty well. So that's what they want to use me as is just like just as versatile as possible. Me not coming off the field. 
We are talking to Florida State tight end recruit Kobe Gross. Now, Kobe, you're six foot three, two hundred thirty-five pounds. For a tight end, you're a little bit on, on the small size, so uh, maybe that's why they rated you as a three, thir- a three star. But I, I read a little bit about you have good hands, you're a good blocker, you're very strong at the line of scrimmage, uh, have an unbelievable uh, depth with jumping and and using your ability to get the, get to the ball. What stands out to your game? that you can say that um, you compare and contrast to another NFL player? Is there a a particular style of your game that really stands out from a George Kittle or uh, a Travis Kelsey? Is there something, a part of your game, that people could uh, really stand out and watch when they get the chance to see you play? Um, I wouldn't say Travis or um, George. I would say uh, Delaney Walker. That's who I really like model my game after is Delaney Walker because he's like a shorter tight end faster and he was lining up all over the field and that's really what they want me to want me to do so that's who I model my game after I know he's not in the NFL anymore but if you go oh we know who Delaney watches watch his film is similar to mine just line up all over the place and just a fast shorter tight end so that's how I try to model my game after. Four years ago, Delaney Walker was one of the top tight ends in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say top three. Since uh, 2013, probably 2013 to 2017, he was easily one of the best for Tennessee. So I, I like Delaney Walker. A very nice guy. I actually interviewed Delaney Walker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you were mentioning him, obviously. And I actually saw something online where you actually are one of the tight ends, one of the few young tight ends that really love to block. Like a lot of times they love to make the tough catches. They love the, how fast they are, make these big plays, but you're one that loves to block. I mean, how do you think that really has helped you uh, grow and maybe grow to the next level, both in college football, where the tight ends aren't always utilized. You mentioned Norvell does, but they're not always utilized. And in the NFL level where we're seeing more spread offenses. Mm-hmm. Well, with me blocking, I mean, that's just, that's like in high school, um, I did really everything and blocking was just like, I was always with the O-line. And then when we would go to like, I would switch with the O-line and individual, then we'd go with the receivers, but really like the O-line coaches that I had in the past, they really like emphasized blocking. Cause they, re- they said that the, the catching part, like that's already like in me, like, and I don't really need to work on that as much Hold on this light, but um, like the blocking, they wanted me to work on that the most. And that's where it got me to being an aggressive blocker and just not really being afraid of going against someone that's bigger than me, like the big DNs that I'm going to be going against. But so that's really I'm just appreciative of my offensive line coach for making me the blocker that I am, because when I first started playing football, I didn't want to block at all. And they saw that in me. So they really took me under their wing, I guess, and just made me a good blocker because the receiving part just took care of itself. Okay, so everybody knows that I am a Florida State Seminoles fan. Everybody and their mother knows. I, I don't like to break about it anymore because this team has stunk for the last, I don't know, 10 years. Uh, in the 90s, this was one of the best football schools to play for in the country. You're talking about the U, Florida State, and maybe Alabama. Those, those were the three teams that really stood out in, in college football for 15 years. And then it kind of fell off, and then they – uh, Jimbo Fisher, he took over, and then he won a national title. And then he decides to flee away from the Florida Seminoles after Jameis Winston declared himself into the NFL and ran off with some, uh, um, I guess you crab could legs. say, <laughs> crab legs. Okay, so uh, we all know the story about Jameis Winston. 
when you look at the game and 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 really college football and and Florida State, I understand you wanted to play in Florida. I it, it's interesting to me why you didn't choose to go and play for the Florida Gators or um or one of the the teams that have been uh, successful for the last ten years. When you look at the Florida State Seminoles, and I know you said that you like the coach, you like the tight end coach. Is there a particular thing that really stood out to you? Now, obviously, you 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 went over there. You, you, I don't know if you went to visit the school uh, with the whole COVID nineteen, and, and and really the recruiting situation. You probably didn't get to really meet the coaches because you've been doing all the Zoom conversations and 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 obviously doing doing the whole uh, recruiting that way. What really stands out to you about the school? Uh, what really stands out to you really about the coach? You know, you talk about the coach and how great he is and what makes him so great uh, being, being that he took over for Fisher and, and really moving forward. Uh, what makes him, what makes you think that he is going to take this team to higher heights, something that the Florida state Seminoles have not been doing or haven't done in almost eight years. Well, I think um, I have a lot of, like, I believe in coach Norvell cause he, really emphasize the little things, like all about the little things, um, things that don't, that people say that don't matter, but everything matters. And just to see what he did with Memphis, he brought them, uh, I don't know what their record was before he was there, but I just know that when he got there, they were decent. And then when he left, they were good. And then now look at them, they're, they're good. And that's his team that he built. And I think he could do the same thing at Florida State. And just just hearing him talk and how, like he really cares about his players and the game and the school. Cause he said that when he first got there, he knows what Florida state has been and he wants to bring them back to the top, which I believe that that is very possible with, with who he's bringing in and what he emphasizes, which is 1% every single day. So Kobe, so, so Kobe, are you telling me that the Seminoles will be a national championship team in the next three years? Yeah. I am. Really? I'm telling you that right now. Well, let me tell you something. If the Seminoles are going to play for a national title, I will absolutely buy a ticket to the national title game, and I will make sure that I go down there. Well, I'm not even going to buy a ticket. I'll get credentials, and I'll go down to the field, and I want to experience the championship. I have never experienced a national title with my watching my Seminoles live and in color win a championship, okay? And I say my Seminoles because there are not many Florida Seminole fans around anymore, okay? They're just not, not around here, okay? So I, I've always been a Florida Seminoles fan, even how bad they've played. I root them on every single year, even though uh, I think last year they, what did they win, six games? I don't think even that. I think they won four or five. Like, they didn't even make a bowl game. Yeah, so I, I want to see the Seminoles. I want to see them become a, a championship competitive team again. I, I think that you're a young kid. I, I love the... The, the 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 type of person that you are, the confident kid that you are. Uh, like I said, I read a little bit about you, and I, I think you're very interesting, very distinct from all the different tight ends that we've interviewed. I mean, we've talked to tight ends that were six seven, six eight, uh, you know, and and being that you're you're four inches smaller. But uh, reading what they're saying about your athletic ability, the athletic ability mm-hmm. that you have, not only as a blocker, uh, they're they're comparing your skills to Rob Gronkowski. You know, so I mean, um, I, I read some things about you. So, uh, so what do you say about that? I mean, you look at the tight ends, like you say, you you look at yourself as Delaney Walker mm-hmm. style of you know, uh, if you're going to try to compare and contrast your skills to, 
what makes the game different in your eyes and what makes you different from all the other recruits that that are five-star, four-star recruits? Well, like how I think of the stars, um, some people that are five stars should not be five stars. Some people that are four stars should not be four stars. And there are some people that aren't even ranked that in my eyes should be four stars and five stars. So I don't really like get caught up in that because that stuff all goes away soon as when you hit college. So you see five stars end up not playing. Um, and then you see walk-ons end up starting and then like, Oh, but I'm a five star. I should be. But when you get to that, when you get to that stage is, can you play? Like, some people, I think some people just get lucky with the stars, really, that that earn them. But some of the five stars are really about it, and some of the four stars are really about it, but not all of them are. And there's some kids that aren't ranked that are about that action. So that's that's what I that's what I think about the rankings. I don't get caught up in into it so much. So, and people were saying about me when I committed to Florida State, oh, he's only a three star, or this and that. So I don't really I don't really care about the rankings. We need to smack them around. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. I mean, anybody on my Florida Seminoles team, they pick on my Seminoles. I'll put my foot in your know-what. Okay? I, I can't stand people. I, I know the Seminoles have not been a very good uh, uh, college program for the last couple of years. But I, I, I hope adding a little Kobe, a little, little salt and pepper, uh, we, can, uh, we can finally win another national title, something that we haven't seen since the Jameis Winston era. which is yep. An era of uh, stealing and uh, seafood. So, well, let's stay away from that, okay, Kobe? Don't go into a store and steal any uh, seafood legs or a seafood bisque or a lobster, lobster or whatever. If you don't do that, we're, we're moving in a good situation, okay? Uh, can we do that? Yeah, yes, All sir. Right. All right. All right. One, one ACC opponent you are most looking forward to facing and one team all throughout college football you are most looking forward to facing and why? One ACC opponent. Um, I want to beat all of them, and, but the main one is it's between Miami and Clemson. But probably Miami because I don't like them. Yeah, so. tell them we we want to whip the hell out of the U. Yeah, I can't like, stand them. So yeah, probably Miami, and then the biggest opponent that I want to face. I want to play Bama in the national championship and beat mm-hmm. them. I'm loving you already, man. That, that's you, what I really. Me want. and you are going to be play. best friends forever. I want to play Nick Saban and play and beat him and then go shake his hand after. No, you don't want to shake his hand. You want to spit at his hand. That's what you want to do. (laughs) That's right, Saban. That's right. That's right. You should be coaching these Seminoles. That's right. That's right. Alabama who? Alabama this. And just, you know, show him your tidy whities I'm just just kidding. Speedy's got tidy whities No, I don't. Don't listen to him, Kobe. (laughs) Speedy, well, I'll tell you this, Kobe. I don't know how many interviews you've had in your lifetime, but uh, I made sure that Jillian – informed to you that uh, this interview is not what you call a normal interview. I I like to have fun with you guys. Uh, One thing is bringing out your personalities is something that a lot of people want to get to know because even though, you know, in the future you could be NFL draft picks or uh, the next superstar that comes out of college football and becomes uh, a superstar in the NFL that you're going to get a chance to play with uh, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees's of the world or whoever, the Russell Wilson's, um, you have to stay humble. So to me, I love doing this with you guys because it kind of brings out your personalities. So are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you, Three questions, crazy questions, questions that only you can answer. And then we're going to give you the opportunity to ask us three silly questions as well. 
and and we might ask you to do maybe uh you know Cuban shuffle or something like that. Uh, but it's all in good fun. We want the fans to enjoy a little bit of time, and, and maybe you get to see Speedy do his uh little shuffle. You know, what do you think, Speedy? You, you want to sure. show? I'll show. We, him. We, I'll do a little shuffle. <laughs> you show a shuffle. You, you really? I don't want you to scare the fans away. Okay, because there, there's there's well, something. Well, that's your call. I mean. Uh, do you like waffles, Speedy? Yes, I like waffles. Okay, you like syrup? Yeah. Okay, okay. That's all I got to ask. Okay. All right, here we go. So here's the first question. What would you rather wear, boxers or briefs, and why? Oh, uh, probably, I don't know. Probably, <laughs> probably boxers. Um, don't lie, really you're going to go commando. Why. You're going to go commando. That's what you'd rather do. <laughs> I don't know, it's more comfortable, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, I ask a lot of athletes this question. If it's not hockey players, basketball players, or baseball or football players, I ask them a silly question like that because I was an athlete too, a very top, a top prospect as well in the sport of hockey. And I always liked, you know, when boxer briefs came out with Hanes, I always got them because I like to make sure my, uh, my children over there were sitting nice and tight, you know. Uh, I didn't like them bouncing back and forth against my leg, you know. So I, I, that, that's something that you have to worry about as an athlete. And, and when I played, I'm a little bit older than you, uh, our jock straps were not, like, formed as underwear where the cups, you know, go in. Our jock straps, uh, you, you, you practically didn't even wear underwear into those things because they would move and itch you and do all those things uh, tight between your legs. Right, Speedy? Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> Kobe, I mean, I'm serious, man. Kobe for three. Um, uh, second question. <laughs> second question. Your favorite snack to eat before a game and why? Oh, favorite? Uh, probably, since I'm from the Bay and he started this, is Skittles. Marshawn Lynch. That's what put me on that. You're a Skittles nice. fan, huh? Yeah, so Skittles like 30 minutes before kickoff. Mm, Skittles fan. Favorite flavor in the original pack and favorite flavor in the some any of the other packs. I don't. I didn't even know there was that many flavors. I mean, I what I really do, I just open the thing and I just put them all in. So <laughs> oh. I, I do the same thing. I do the I don't same eat thing them one by one. Mm-hmm. Look at him. He's a big man. He's two hundred thirty-five yeah. pounds, Speedy. I mean, this is seventeen, eighteen-year-old kid. I mean, he's got to eat oh, his I'm not, Skittles. I'm not doubting his ability for that. I'm just he's judging. He's got to eat his Skittles, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I could do that too, by the way. No, I believe. In one gulp, you know? <laughs> I believe. In one gulp, you know? You could do a lot of things in other gulps, right, Speedy? I have multiple gulps. <laughs> uh, exactly, Speedy. I, I'm just asking. Uh, anyways. The, only, the only place I'll be able to get multiple gulps from is 7 <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> Kobe, you see what I deal with every single day? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean this guy is out of his mind. Anyways. Um, last question. And I, I listen, I, I've been to Florida. I've been to Florida State. I actually been on a campus. I, I experienced walking on the campus. You can ask me why. I just want to experience walking on the <laughs> campus. <laughs> but uh, I had the chance to do that. It's a beautiful school and it has a lot of beautiful women. Okay. A lot of beautiful women. I mean, I, I mean, uh, your eyes just pop when you walk through, you know, just going into like the, the what they call it, the, the big square when you walk in, you know, uh, where all the different buildings are and stuff like that. Uh, the beautiful women that you see. So my question to ask you here, are, are you single? Uh, I guess so. Oh, what does that mean? I, I got to hear this. What is it? Uh, what does I guess so mean? I mean, it's I guess. So. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> uh, did, did you have a girlfriend? Um, 
I did, but that's that's gone. That's that's long over. Long over. So you you have somebody you're talking to right now. Mm-hmm. So. I got mm-hmm. it. So it's it's a little complicated. I, let's it's say it's, just a little bit. All right, it's a little complicated. All right, you're in Florida. You're. <laughs> You know, you have the opportunity to wiggle and jiggle it. So, you know, uh, we're just trying to help you here. So my question to you is, uh, blondes or brunettes and why? I can't. Uh, I don't oh, really yeah. have a preference like that. Oh, you, you just like them all, huh? You like them all different I shapes and sizes, huh? So I don't have a preference when it comes to that. No? It really, uh, I mean, it's both like, both of them are perfect. So it's like... I don't know. No, no, no. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you like the curvy women or you like the skinny rail women? It just depends. It, I mean, it, that, that all depends. Oh, my God, man. I'm trying to help you here. I, I mean, I like the curvy women. I like the women with the, th- the thin waist, uh, the big behind. You know, I like looking at that, you know. You know, I, I like something to grab, you know. <laughs> Speedy, how about you? You like to grab something? Uh, not anything of that sort. Well, so what do you like to grab, guys? What do you like to oh grab? Oh, my God. I'm just asking you. I mean, I'm just, We're not going here now. You wear tidy whities right? No, I don't. Well, Kobe, don't not listen to him. Kobe, you have to listen to me. I mean, I am, I'm a 30-year-old man who actually knows what he's talking about, okay? I, I definitely do. All right. In uh, some instances, that's not one of them. What do you mean? So I don't know women? No, not women. Me wearing tidy whities Well, you do wear tidy whities You just don't want to admit it to the fans around the country. Kobe knows. Kobe doesn't even know you. I bet you, Kobe, doesn't he wear tidy whities Come on. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean. Good, good answer. I'm just saying no, so I'm going to go with what he's saying. Uh, good answer. Uh, well, he, he knows. He just doesn't want to hurt your feelings. You know? No, he doesn't know, so he, he doesn't, doesn't know. want to hurt your feelings. Look at him. He's a Florida State guy. I mean, he's got nice hair. I mean, he's big. He's strong. He's muscular, and he doesn't have to you know look at you looks, every day. You know who he looks like a little bit? Uh, like a younger Cam Newton when he came out oh. in the NFL. <laughs> you do. You do look a little I, bit like Cam. A little bigger than Cam Newton. He's, a, I mean, width-wise. I mean, yeah, sure. But. Yeah, Cam Newton, yeah, he's a physical specimen, but he's not as, uh, as, uh, as big and bulky as you are. Uh, how much do you bench, man? Uh, 325. All right, man. I, I, I think I, I've maxed out uh, in my, in my uh, working out career at 365. I mean, I... I love to work out too. I don't. I, I don't do that anymore. I, I do. I think I can bench three twenty five again. I think if I actually went on the bench, I could do it one or two times. I, I could do it. How many? How many reps? How many reps? With three twenty five. Yeah. Uh, one and a half. All right. All right. That's good. But my two twenty five. My two twenty five is up there. It's at. It's at nineteen. That's good. So you need to get it to twenty five. Especially yeah, that's my goal. I'm yeah. on, I want to hit thirty. All right. So. Combine. You know, most of the tight ends. They. You know, I think George Kittle's. Uh, I think he. I think he benched twenty five, twenty six times. George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly Travis Kelsey did it about twenty six, twenty seven times. So you need to get it around that twenty five mark, uh, especially to show your strength and the ability. And you can, man. Uh, I, I'm actually a personal trainer. I can help you with that if you really want to. <laughs> I could give you some good, uh, good, good advice when it comes to that. I'm being serious. That's serious. Uh, I believe. I, I can help you. I can help you out on that one. But uh, uh, so that's good. Uh, Two twenty-five, nineteen times. That's pretty good. I, 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 I don't think I'll do it more than twelve or thirteen times now. Uh, with my both tears and my rotator cuff, you know, I'm getting old, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a Florida Seminole. Okay, I'm not even close. I'm. Uh, when you were born, I was I was eighteen. Okay, so that. that yeah. uh, there's a big difference over there from me to you, especially the time of the Seminoles that I was actually reading about. And they were actually good. 
I'm not making fun of you, so, so don't worry about it. I, I believe the Seminoles are going to be good. You know why I believe the Seminoles are going to be good? Because every single year on my show I say, the Seminoles are going to get to a ball game. The Seminoles are going to get to a ball game. And every single year for the last five years, you've given me my bad doubts. But now that we have Kobe Gross, I am excited for the season of 2021. So um, uh, now you can ask us questions uh, that you have for us. Um. Since you guys are in New York, right? Yes, sir. What's your guys' favorite food over there? Oh, man. We got a lot of those. Yeah, there's a lot of good food here. Uh, my favorite food, just of any food, is is buffalo wings. I've always been a wing enthusiast myself. You know, I, he's I, not a spicy food fan. I am. I, I, listen, I, I, don't like, I don't like the smell of him after he eats those spicy wings. <laughs> I mean, dirty smell. Really bad. Uh, but... Um, I like I like bo- I like wi- I like uh, wings. Um, I like but I uh, I like barbecue wings. Um, what is my favorite food to eat here in New York? There's so many good food. I would say the pizza, the Italian food. Yeah. I'm a Pelli- Penny Alavaca fan. Uh, if you ever come over here, if you ever get uh, if you ever get drafted by one of these New York teams, uh, well, let's hope you do because they both need good tight ends. By the way. Um, what, yeah, I don't think so. I don't know about the Giants. They got one. Oh, oh Evan God. Ingram. Yeah. Oh, what are you on? Drugs? Kobe, I'm a Giants fan. Uh, no. Hot hands? <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? I mean, Hot hands and can't block. I'm sorry. You're better than he is. I, I take you over, uh, over uh, Evan Ingram any day. I've never even actually had the opportunity to watch you play. Okay? So <laughs> when I get a chance to see you play, I'll probably root you on anyways because you're a, a seminal. But uh, I, I would say uh, Penny Olivaca Italian food. That's where I would go. Okay. okay. Next question. Hit me with one. Hit me a good one. Um, Don't be worried. Don't be afraid. Attack. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I didn't know I was going to do this. I, I know that's okay. That's okay. part of the surprise. Um, let me get, let me think. Uh, what about favorite sports NFL team? Oh man, uh, I just said I'm a Giants fan. He's a okay. he's a he's a boring Giant fan. Um, he he did have the opportunity to kiss Eli Manning on the lips. So uh, that's that's how he became a Giant fan. Not uh, true. Yes. Gi- the Giants, uh, you know, they drafted Eli Manning in 2004. Speedy was a little baby, a little boy. I was nine. Yeah, he was a little baby, a little boy, and he had the opportunity to go to the draft. And Eli was I sitting never right went next to the him. And when he got drafted, I never went to the draft. When he got drafted, he kissed Eli, he kissed Eli Manning on the lips. His, his wife let him. <laughs> never been to the NFL. He's draft. a liar. He's a liar. I have never been to the NFL draft. He's a liar. I would have told you about it in three years that I've known you if I did. You don't wear tidy whities which is a lie. You, you never... don't think I would have told you if I ever went to the NFL draft? I, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, my God. Kobe, this is, this is what I deal with. Uh, I'm a Jet fan. Unfortunately, I've been rooting uh, on a team that's been really, really bad for the last 50 years. Um, um, that's not, there's really nothing more to say. Uh, we're the worst team in the NFL. We have the worst offense in the NFL. We have one of the worst defenses in the, off- uh, in the, uh, in the NFL. And we have arguably the worst coach in NFL history. So there you go. I mean, uh, how much more do you want to know about me, especially with the New York Jets? The only uh, team. I have a question for how did you feel when uh, Jamal Adams was gone? I was happy. For real? Why? I have never been um, a Jamal Adams fan. I was only a Jamal Adams fan when he was drafted. When he opened his mouth, he didn't know when to shut it. And as good as Jamal Adams was uh, for the New York Jets, and he was good for one one full year. He was an All Pro player. He deserved it. He thinks more highly of himself than he really should. Um, he had six sacks. I mean, he had six sacks last year, 
And, and all six sacks came from teams that didn't even make the playoffs, teams that were under 500 by at least three or four games. Um, Jamal Adams is one of the most overrated defensive players in the NFL. Uh, he is uh, not a $90 million guy. I was actually excited when the Jets, uh, and I heard the Jets got two first rounds, um, a third round, and Bradley McDougal for him because, to me, that was an absolute steal when you can get two first-round draft picks for a safety. So my answer to you, I was very excited. Um, uh, a lot of Jet fans were probably pulling their hairs out and probably jumping off a building. I was actually excited. So there you go. Okay. All right. I thought that was going to be the total opposite. Well, I, I know a lot of people look at me and they're like, oh, oh, Jamal Adams, I know you loved him. I never liked Jamal Adams. I don't like cocky guys. I, I really don't. I like guys that are humble, that are going to go out there and put their, you know, put their, you know, their game on the line and show people why they're worth the money that they get for their scholarships. They're worth the money uh, that they get from the NFL. They're worth the draft pick that they got drafted at. They're worth every position that and every wor- everything they've done or how hard they work to get where they are. So um, I, I look humble guys like that and. And Jamal Adams is not a humble guy. He's a guy that thinks highly of himself and only himself. So my answer to you is I was not happy. I was very excited, um, very much so. One of our fans, Carl, has a question. Pancakes or waffles? Uh, I would say I would have to say uh, waffles. He's a waffle man. Uh, yeah. Buttermilk or uh, um, Belgian? Belgian. What, what do you like? Um, probably Belgian. You, you like the Belgian, right huh? You know, you know, I like the Belgian. Uh, after this, you can go to Denny's over there. I know Florida has a lot of Denny's over there, so they actually make some good waffles. So um, Tampa over there, you're in Tampa, right? Yeah. Uh, we have Jeff from Tampa over there. And Carl. We can, we can uh, t- call, too. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can hook you up with them. They'll take you out for a nice little uh, dinner. Carl, he's a teacher. He's a coach. Uh, you know, I, I, he's not a Florida Seminole fan. That's for sure. He's a Michigan. He's a Michigan fan. He's from Michigan. He's from Detroit. <laughs> I mean, so I, I don't know if he's a, he's a big Florida fan, but I am. I'm a Seminole fan, and I got your back, bud. So anybody puts their hands on you, they got to deal with me. <laughs> All right, last question, bud. Um. Well, this is a big one. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Antonio Brown? Mm, good question. It is a good question. I mean, it's a it's a cheap value, so it's not going to be anything much than that. He's going to probably be a number three type receiver with Evans and Godwin, assuming both of them are healthy at the same time, which really they haven't been so far this year. Um, in terms of the fit with Arians, in terms of his raw offensive scheme, I think it's good. We've seen him do well with small receivers in the past. But again, how Antonio Brown's game will be removed from the league for a while and older for a smaller receiver is going to be tough to tell. Oh, I think it's a good move by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Antonio Brown fits the scheme. I think he, you can move him in the slot. I think that's where Arians is going to move him. I think he's going to be more elusive in the, in the slot, especially with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and especially with some of the teams in the NFC that really do, don't have good slot uh, corners. Uh, they're, the best slot corners in the NFL are from the AFC. So I, I think it benefits uh, you know, a team like the Buccaneers where they can put him in the slot. He's untouchable, and there's a lot of teams that are not going to be able to defend the ability that he has is, uh, uh, extending plays and opening the field up for Tom Brady. So I think it was a great move. I think it's going to take a couple of weeks, but I think when the playoffs come around, it's going to help the Buccaneers. But all in all, I still think the Buccaneers are missing uh, some pieces to be a Super Bowl contending championship team. So 
Um, I know a lot of people probably think I'm nuts, but uh, look what they did against the Giants this past week. You, you, yeah, and, that was surprising. Yeah, well, it wasn't to me. I actually, if you guys actually had the opportunity to watch our show or listen to our show, I actually said the Giants would have a chance to win the game. Did I not, Speedy? Mm-hmm. So and I, I think the, the one thing that Tom Brady can't handle is pressure up the middle. And that's what the Giants caused. That's the havoc that they put, put pressure on. And there are teams like the uh, uh, a team that they're playing this week, the Saints, that oh, yeah. love to press pressure, put pressure up the middle. And you saw them in the first game, and they lost the first game. And I believe they'll lose this week as well because I think the Saints are, when they get healthy, they're just that much better than uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Michael Thomas practiced this uh, today, so that's a good sign for him. So there you go. You can do a uh, dance. So do you like the dance, bud? It's not really my thing. No, what do you like it's to sing? Really what, what, what is your thing? What do you like to do in your spare time? My spare time? Uh, I mean, I don't really have spare time, really. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I really just work out, school, and then at, and then I'll just play video games. That's it. Oh, yeah? What's your favorite video game? Um, it's got to be Call of Duty. Ah. Oh, I'm not a Call of Duty fan, man. Are you a, it's it's got to be Call of Duty. You like and it, or it's Madden. It's one of those. Oh, players. so you're a good Madden player? Yeah, but Matt, it gets me. I get mad, like it gets me upset just the stuff that happens. But I, I would say I'm pretty good at Madden, but it just we need. You have, you have a PlayStation or an Xbox? I have a PlayStation. Oh, good. Well, we we need to play. We need okay. to play. We need to swap up. You know, swap names and uh, go at it. I I I do believe I'm going to whip your butt, but that's just me. Yeah, the newer Maddens are also a lot glitchier too. I don't know if you played some of the older ones in comparison. Uh, they're yeah. they've become a lot glitchier too, so that's probably yeah, why yeah. you get mad a lot more often. Well, that's because Speedy stinks. That's why. I'm just kidding. He, he's a yes, lot better because I have a connection with all the EA sports people. Well, I do. I, I I do have a couple of connections, but I I'm not I'm not a video game fan. But when it comes to sports, uh, I like to play basketball, I love football, I love hockey, I love all the sports games. Call of Duty. I can never control those guns, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's just just so much so much going on. People coming yeah. behind you and shooting you in the back of the head. I mean, what kind of fun is that? I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I before I even get to understand where I am, I'm getting shot down. I'm getting killed. I mean, I I don't like it. It's just something. And there's glitches in that game too. I mean, yeah, there you, is. There's a lot of glitches. I I I've, there are guys that hide behind like walls and they and they shoot you dead. I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's just not something that I like. Uh, Carl says EA Sports, it's in the game. It's absolutely in the game. It's not in my game, but it's in the game. Um, So, Kobe, uh, by the way, we are talking to Florida State tight end recruit Kobe Gross, three-star recruit. It doesn't matter what star he is. He's the seminal star, so he's a five-star recruit in my eyes. And anybody that's anything different, I'll smack the hell out of you. So that's all I'm going to say about that. So, Kobe, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media? Uh, my Twitter um, is my Twitter and Instagram are the same thing. It's Kobe K O B Y, and then thirteen, and then a K at the end. So that that's both of my Twitter and my Instagram. Now, Kobe, uh, next year when the season starts, I want you to be a fan of the show. I want to get you on. I want to I want to hear a little bit about uh, your stories about. Uh, uh, the Seminoles outside, the parties that you're going to, the women that you're talking to. I want to know all of it, okay? I, I, we, we need to be buds, man. Uh, you're the only Seminole I've actually interviewed. I've interviewed some of the top recruits in the country. I am more excited to interview you because you're playing for my team, okay? That is a okay. that is an importance to me, and uh, 
uh, how we move forward here. Okay, so and I hope that when you uh, succeed as a college tight end, you go to the Jets and you play with Trevor Trevor Lawrence and you win us a couple of Super Bowls. How's that sound? That sounds good. Oh, it sounds sounds good good. for me. Hopefully that dream actually comes true. Um, It it could be a nightmare after this year. (laughs) Um, It's been a nightmare really for the last uh, 20, 25 years of watching this team, but that's just me. Um, Colby, thank you for joining us, bud. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Uh, Have you ever done an interview like this before? Um, I have. Okay. I have. Uh, Crazy like us? Uh, no. Oh, well, that's, that's good. So no. you'll always remember the craziness. And, and remember, when you become an NFL player and you're in that draft party, you're going to invite us to your draft. I'm going to be going to a lot of draft parties, by the way. I was invited to quite a few of them. Speedy, at least 50 of them, right? Something like that. I don't know. Right. Uh, right. At this rate, you're just going to draft party hop. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Why not? I mean, uh, Je- Devin Kirkwood, the number one uh, cornerback prospect in 2021, uh, he invited me to his Skittles. Uh, uh, his Skittles, uh, what did he say? Um, I forget the No, the gummy, not the Skittles. The gummy, gummy bears. bears. He's yeah. the gummy bears. Uh, he's going to have a, a gummy bears after party where he's going to be <laughs> dancing in his gummy bears. It's going to be a party <laughs> of gummy bears. So, uh um, so this is what we're going to do, bud, because uh, you're a Skittles fan and you're, from, you're playing for my Seminoles. If you score four touchdowns in your first year with the Seminoles, I'm going to send you a month's supply of Skittles. Okay, sounds good. I'm being serious now. Speedy, Speedy's going to keep tabs of this. Uh, uh, we have video proof. We have video proof to everything that I promise. I do Oh, what's his name again? Oh, the two pizza. pizzas. You know, I'm going to do that tonight. i got to buy the pizza. I gotta buy the pizza, and I gotta send this. I gotta get some Ziploc bags. Uh, I promised uh, uh, O'Reilly, um, Riley uh, Leonard, Riley Leonard, uh, the the future star quarterback for Duke, um, an opportunity to have some try um, uh, New York pizza. And the other one, who was he? Aiden Logan. Aiden Logan, the offensive lineman for who? Oh yeah, who was he from? Uh, was he Appalachian State? Appalachian yeah. State, yes, Appalachian State. I told him I would send him some pieces of. Uh, some pizza. So i got to figure out how I can send it to them overnight and fly it over there. I know they're probably saying, that guy lied to me. But I, I did not lie to you guys. I, I will send you guys pizza. I promise you. I'm a man of my word. I, I pretty much stuck to my word. Um, Kobe, thank you for joining us, bud. We'll be in touch, man. I definitely want to keep in touch with you, see your growth as a player. And I know you believe, that, and, and, you, you, and I believe, that you're going to be a future NFL player. Just let, let's hope it's uh, for the New York Jets. Okay? Yes, sir. All right, man. Kobe Gross, ladies and gentlemen, Florida State recruit, tight end. Very happy to interview him. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice kid. Um, mm-hmm. Big, strong kid. Um, he knows that you wear tidy whities so that's uh, a, that's I a don't, but okay. He does. He knows that you wear tidy whities I do not wear tidy whities um, Nice you're, try. You're more interested in men than women. We, we know that a little bit, too. Kobe knows that a little bit. So. Oh, God. I mean, he was also named after Kobe Bryant, so this is also a, a, a very, very nice thing. I mean, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Uh, shout out to him and his family, Vanessa, and his two, his three wonderful, actually four, wonderful young uh, daughters. So um, uh, it's sad. It's a sad story. It's sad, uh, sad stuff that's happened this year, and a lot of sad, a lot of sad stuff going on in the country. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, but uh, self destruction. Anyways, ah, uh, Speedy. Before we go. Um, there's there are some conversations uh, with uh, hockey. Uh, I, I know the New York Je- uh, the New uh, New York Jets the New York Islanders are um, trying to find an offensive player. They did d- 
decide to bring back uh, Ryan Pulik. Uh, they also are trying to bring, you know, give an extension to Matthew Barzell. Uh, do you see Lou Lamorello making a move where it could stand out for them? I mean, Patrick Laline is going to want seven, eight million dollars. I don't know if the Islanders are going to have the money to spot up for a Patrick Laline. Um, they, they, they decided to bring back some players that from their farm system that can give them somewhat uh, a little bit more offense uh, than they got last year in the playoffs. So, uh, is there um, is there a player uh, that is worth? Uh, making a move for. Yeah, Line is an interesting one because, again, like I said, he's he's young, he's potent, and he's also better defensively than a lot of people give him credit for. Good size. Uh, in terms of the in making the room cap wise, we'll have to see if the Islanders can move some other pieces in order to do that. They got some of the extra draft picks trading for Taves. Maybe they maybe they package those to try to get rid of some of the contracts that they have. I don't think they're ever going to get rid of lads. I think that one's just the one they're stuck with. But boy, Chuck's definitely one they could move. And similar to what some of these other teams have done. Uh, these younger teams have done, they might take on the contract for extra draft picks. So that's going to be something interesting. But again, it's a perfect match, I think, with Winnipeg, too. If they want a little cheaper option, Kyle Connor's definitely another one. Uh, Nikolai Kuhlman, I think, or not Kuhlman, uh, Ehlers is still pretty young, where he's uh, where he's definitely somebody they could trade for, too. That's not going to be as expensive. They're not going to give up much for that, have to give up much for that, because the Jets do need defense. So mm. I think regardless... Uh, it's a perfect match for them, and I think that's what you're going to see uh, definitely for the Islanders because not a lot of teams need offense, but a lot of teams need defense, and the Islanders have those pieces to be able to make that work. And the Islanders, really, they're just that one offensive player away, like we've been mentioning. Mm. Well, well, well. Uh, we will be back on uh, Saturday, the Weekend Crunch, with uh, me and Eric Coleman. Uh, guys, if, if you don't listen to the show, we have a great show Um we're working on some big things uh, moving forward with the show. So definitely, if you, you you live in Long Island, you're a New York uh, sports fan, you have to listen to the show. It's on 103.9, um, the LI News Radio Network. It's a great show. We have great guests. Um, Eric's a guest by himself. Uh, it's, it's gotten The show has been a lot more funnier, uh, more interesting, and definitely the backlash of, of some of the different segments that we get into is something definitely to tune into, um, especially moving forward with what we're doing with the the network and the show. So definitely do that if you guys haven't tuned into it. Uh, it's on at 7 p.m. Uh, New York Eastern Time uh, on 103.9. If you don't live here in New York, you can uh, you can actually go to TuneIn. You can go to uh, uh, iHeartRadio and check it out on 103.9, the LI News Radio. Uh, network, and uh, you can stay tuned and listen to some of the, the great content that we put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we had a great shows, great shows today. We have some shows tomorrow. The Ryan Hickey shows tomorrow. Uh, we are going to be getting next week back uh, wise the guys. Wise Guys. They're coming back next week. So our shows are starting to fill in. Uh, I'm trying to work out some other things and work out some different uh, things that are coming up. So definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, until uh, I guess until Wednesday or Wednesday until Monday of next week, uh, we will be back with down to the wire. Uh, we're going to have some guests. We'll have some fun and we'll make sure that speedy gets, uh, you know, gets out of those tidy whities. Oh uh, until then, this is Errol Marks and speedy PD saying good night. And we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. You're, you're, you're listening to the worldwide sports radio network.